Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program here. The phones are open. If you want to join us on this live Saturday episode, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Bigless Mountaineer. And Mark. Captain Kickass, who's normally here with us on Saturday nights, has the night half off. He's going to come in later on for Beard Talk Live. He wanted to relinquish his seat, so Mark, who's here on a temporary basis, he's here for the next few days, uh, could sit in for a, for an extra night. So that's why we've shuffled the chairs a little bit here tonight. There's, of course, a lot to talk about, including the latest from our neighbors to the north, Canada, where the prime minister there, the alleged son of Fidel Castro, Justin Trudeau, has announced that he's going to be cracking down on those greedy, greedy grocers. <gasps> those grocers. Yeah. Yes, those dastardly. huge margins of profit. (laughs) (laughs) Except they don't. And we'll get into that coming up here in a moment, what that's all about. But, Mark, last night uh, we were talking about Morazan City, which is a special economic zone, as it is called, uh, a ZA in the Spanish world, uh, in Honduras. I think it's special. I like to call it a special autonomous zone because at this point there are... Depending on how you count them, between thousands and tens of thousands of special economic zones around the world. And you're saying this is more special than just a normal right. old special economic zone. If you've got 10,000 of something, it's probably ceased to be special, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Um, so, you know, an economic zone allows you, in most cases, in some manner or another, to avoid some form of tax, whether it's, uh, you know, a tariff Usually or... Usually business-related, right? Yeah, almost entirely business-related. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many special economic zones aren't? Uh, you know, there's yeah. some... In the U.S., we have what they call opportunity zones. Those okay. allow individuals to avoid uh, capital gains by investing in neighborhoods that 20 years ago were crap. Now they're gentrified. Um, but whatever. Um, a special autonomous zone is, a, you know, a, a term that is not of my own making, but of a, a, a group of people in my little sphere use right. to describe something that's even more autonomous than a special economic zone. Okay. And so you were telling us about Morazan.city. That's yep. the website, M-O-R-A-Z-A-N yep. dot city. Uh, it is something you have taken a keen interest in. You've spent some time there. You Got a place, yeah. You rent a house or an apartment there. You were describing to us the apartments that are available. Uh, and you're not trying to pitch this thing or, or whatever to people. I don't to, think it's right for most people by any stretch. Because not very many people are going to want to move outside of one of the most dangerous cities in the world, albeit the Morazan city is not that city. It's outside of it. Yep. And it is a walled, is it walled or fenced? uh, Walled and fenced. It's It's got both of those. It has, does it have armed guards? Oh yeah. It has armed guards. So, I mean, there's some security involved in living in this little zone, this little zone. Uh, There's the, the the only violence I know that goes on in Morazan is cat fights. There's hundreds. Are you talking about like kitty cats? Yes. They fight too. There's hundreds of people living already. Like we estimated at least a couple hundred people probably there because every unit they have is at this time sold out. So they're building even more of these units. Rented out. Yep. It's mostly people who live in Honduras, who work in Honduras, families, things like that. People that want a safer place to live. That's who it's targeted at. And that's why the price is $120 a month to rent one of these two-bedroom 
apartments. Right, and it's also bears mentioning that these things are far more modern and far more clean and far more desirable than uh, com- like a com- shack in Honduras. Right, which rents 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 for the same amount really? for the one twenty. Okay, so it's not like a no it wonder it's sold out more. Yeah, um, these are just a these are a step up in dignity that the communists can't provide. Mm-hmm. Right, and right. they hate that. By the way, they'll do and say anything. Like, all kinds of words will fall out of their mouths, but they won't actually do anything to help people. Right. Well, and- your, well your problem's right there. <laughs> the people using the thing are the ones paying for it. We can't have that. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and they, they hate uh, the special economic zone over there now. And it's a different government, apparently, that passed this. Uh, they passed a constitutional thing for the special economic zone yep. years ago. They started building the special economic zones. There's at least three of them that right. you identified last Foreign night. Foreign investors put millions into them. Hiring locals yep. uh, to do construction and things like that and other management uh, tasks and such. But the communists got back in control. I mean, there was always communists around, but mm-hmm. they got back in control apparently. And then the entirety of the uh, parliament or whatever they call it there, they voted to undo the special economic zone just two or three years ago or something like that. Right. The they they undid the law, which mm-hmm. I didn't like the law. The law said that um the government could team up with Azede to expropriate land mm-hmm. from individuals. And they they basically took that straight out of Hong Kong's uh you know some documents from Hong Kong and that's right. why they did it because they were trying to create a Hong Kong of the West uh is mm-hmm. the the idea. And it was, you know, clearly it was not taken well, and it shouldn't have been. The government shouldn't team up with private business to take people's property. No doubt. Well, so, okay, so that was one of the critiques you had of the old law, which yep. has now been abolished. Yeah, it's a good thing but I'm the, critiquing it because it's gone. The old system <laughs> um, still authorized these existing Zedes. So right. those they didn't been disappear yeah. when the law disappeared. They can remain for up to 50 years. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a there's a challenge in the courts, and there's a whole other story about that. That's not what I wanted to focus on tonight, because yep. you have this story you were sharing with us last night, and we barely kind of scratched the surface of it. So I wanted to make sure it had a you know you had a full chance to get out what you wanted to share about this. Yeah, this is from free cities.org uh, with Joyce Brand uh, writing. Uh, I'm going to just listeners pick up- who don't know the name. Joyce was the founder of Liberty. Topia, if I recall correctly, in California years yep. ago, like 15 years ago or something, Mark, you and I, we went out to Libertopia, which was a conference in somewhere in California. I don't even remember where it was, L.A. or something like that. Yeah, it was that. outside L.A. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was just a typical libertarian uh, convention, maybe a little more woo-woo or spiritual or something like that. But uh, but otherwise, it was a libertarian convention, and it lasted for a couple of years, and then it went away. Apparently, she moved to Morazan City. <laughs> yeah, she became the official historian of Morazan. Um, mm-hmm. The 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 guy who runs it really thinks she's great. And oh, cool. She is really great. Uh, she's the wife of my, my business partner, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it's... Yeah, she's she's a very intelligent lady. I, right. I love her stuff. Well, if uh, it I, works, future generations will be glad you kept track of this stuff. Indeed, mm-hmm. and that's why um, we're and, reading. That's why we're talking about it here, so that we can let people know. And, and, and it, it kind of sounds to me like uh, this fifty years is sort of a, a make it or break it kind of test. Where like, hey, if you can get this to be the Hong Kong of the West, well, you've got a couple generations to do it in, right? Mm-hmm. 
the, the the communists who are in charge of Honduras right now, and I'm sure they wouldn't like being called communists, but uh, the socialists. Con- yeah, <laughs> well, uh, socialists just mean you like to use other people's money. We're uh, democratic socialists. Right. Totally different. Right. <laughs> they um, they would love to just get rid of Zedes entirely uh, because it it undermines the sovereignty of the Honduran people, and by mm-hmm. that, what they mean is their ability to subjugate the Honduran yeah. people. Right, and like tax. the yeah. the the sovereignty of the Honduran people. If you believe in such a thing, um, you know, if you believe governments represent people, then the government that created the ZA law represented the people too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If the government the the government is now representing the Honduran people and they don't want it, well, the government that represented them before did. Well, it only represents the people when it's socialist. That's obviously, right? Because right, that's socialists... why it's the people's government when you get these things. Yeah. It's uh, it's a real shame that the last people that were in charge of I mean Honduras has terrible government and and frankly has had terrible government for a hundred years or more. So okay. going on, uh, this is from Joyce. Despite the infamous corruption of the political parties in Honduras, the law was passed with legal safeguards designed to protect the autonomy of the Zedes. Since providing legal stability was a primary goal of the plan to attract investment to the country, because here's a little surprise, all you nations of the world. U.S. investors don't like it when you change things back and forth. Right. Yeah. You've If you've got a million dollars or billion dollars or whatever to invest somewhere, you're not going to pick an unstable legal environment where some bureaucrats can get in there and completely gut whatever system was in there previously because or, – or worse, go and nationalize your industry or something like that. Literally take sure. your investment right out from under you and say, ah – this is ours now. Thank you so much for buying, you know, creating this oil drilling rig or whatever. Yeah, the people of what's it stand need this oil drilling rig. I rig. I know that a bunch of American investors and Western investors built it, but now it belongs to us. <laughs> right. You and know? by the people, they mean the government. They the mean the government because government. the people who are in office right now are going to shove their pockets full of as much money as they possibly can stand from mm-hmm. the people of what's it stand, and they're going to go to London. Uh, buy a really expensive apartment and live the rest of their lives there. And that's the whole plan. It's done over and over again. Let's see. The safeguards included international treaties that would ensure the continuance of the ZAs, even if a new government came into power and repealed the law that created them. Ta-da. Which happened. Yep. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the political opposition used disinformation about the ZAs, and boy, did they lie. I'm shocked. Yeah. <laughs> they said, they went so far as to say the ZAs were killing poor people. As <laughs> if, if you're going to kill people, poor people are on your list. <laughs> what? what are you going to do with them? Like, why would you do How that? How did the ZA kill any poor people? Did it fall atop it didn't, them? It, it, it didn't kill any of them. <laughs> right. It's just a bunch of just... Crazy socialists yeah. writing news stories to get right. uh, people all up, whipped up. Well, to steel man your opposition, are you sure that there isn't some fishermen who, now that they had to relocate to where they don't know how to fish, starve to death? Hmm. Yeah, the Zetis aren't that big. They're 100 acres at uh, max. You know, the, they're 100 acres. No. Uh, yes, I am sure of it. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the political opposition, uh, excuse me, uh, to win a national election the year after the first three Zetis were launched. However, the three existing Zedes, Prospera uh, on the island of Roatan, Ciudad Morazan in the industrial region, and uh, Orquedida in the uh, in agricultural south, are testing the strength of legal protections despite the law being repealed. Although each Zede uses the law uh, to introduce different kinds of innovation, 
Ciudad Morazan is arguably the most threatened by the new government because its primary innovation is in how people live and work together. And this is what I think is really great about it. Morazan's built for the people. Anybody mm-hmm. can afford apartment in Morazan and they can have freedom as, you know, defined there. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, there's there's lots of different freedoms in the world. You may want freedom to this, that, and the other. Mostly what people want is the freedom to keep the money that they earn and to, you know, raise their family the way they want. Right. Without being kidnapped or murdered or something by uh, some criminal enterprise aside from the Safety, government. Safety uh, is, is often traded for freedom. The government acts like you have to play a game where you're trading safety for freedom all mm-hmm. the time. But um, Well, the government is failing miserably at providing safety for people, so the deal is is off the table. I mean, if it ever was a deal... They have failed. Of course, we know here in the United States, the, the government people, they have no obligation to protect you. And that's certainly true in Choloma or Tegucigalpa or wherever. I mean, not only do they not have an obligation, but they will fail to protect you. That's there. what I'm telling you. Yeah, they have they have absolutely failed. Uh, Choloma is apparently the most dangerous city, I believe, in the, not the world. War, that's for not in women? a war zone. Yeah. For women? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, and it's I terrible. imagine like most governments, they will not only fail utterly to protect you, they will keep you from protecting yourself. I bet you're right about that. You know, I think that Honduras is pretty good about guns, from really? what I can tell. Yeah, You've said that now, about these uh, Central American states, and that has never been my understanding of now, uh, those Is places. that one of those accidentally or on purpose good? So, like, uh, you were talking uh, the other night about, uh, uh, well, in Seattle, you could probably get away with selling cookies on uh, on the front lawn just because the police are too busy doing other things. <laughs> now, that is accidentally good in that way. Right. I don't... Um the police have a lot better things to do than bother people with guns. Um, you know, they've got them themselves. And guns are, you know what, uh, if I was a poor person, I would try to get the heck out of Honduras, is frankly the uh, the answer. Or I would move to Morazan. Anyway, going on, the other ZA, Prospera, has been the most publicized because of its business and legal and technological innovations. And, uh, or... Or CADA is innovation is in agribusiness, and that's successful even without residents. The ZAs are not a threat to Honduran sovereignty, as claimed, because they're subject to the Honduran constitution, treaties, national oversight, and criminal law. However, they have a great deal of autonomy to build civil and commercial institutions, as long as those institutions don't violate human rights of the constitution. And this is the real innovation, is these ZAs can create... Uh, their own civil law. They have their own arbitration uh, opportunities, you know, the courts, basically. They got their own courts. They got, got their own cops. And so corruption has a difficult time of sinking in. Looks like you're right. Honduras does allow for gun possession, uh, but you do have to get a license from the communists, apparently, in order to do that. I don't yep. know how easy or difficult that is. I'll, I can tell you this. You see people with guns all the time. Really? Okay. Because they're mostly security. Pretty much any right. business like is going store. is gonna yeah. have a guy with a shotgun standing out front. But you got to mm-hmm. remember these stores aren't. I mean, these stores are. It's low rent. I mean, it's mm-hmm. you know, it's not like they're they're making huge amounts of money. So often they'll provide their own security, and it can't be that hard. Okay. All right. 
Good to know. So. And they're not communists. They're 21st century socialists <laughs> that are just very fond of red stars. <laughs> the most, their flag is red. The most outstanding. And, and like big red star. <laughs> the most outstanding value that Ciudad Morris, uh, Morazan offers is voluntary contract-based governance. This allows it to create better civil and commercial rules and regulations under its incentive to provide better public services. As for pro- as a for-profit city, and that's what it is, a for-profit city. Mm-hmm. I like to describe it as kind of uh, like if you can imagine a resort that's not a resort, right? Like it's a, um, you know, it's a housing development. But resorts are run this way. Resorts provide all their own their a governance overlay. They provide, you know, say water and power and all these things in many cases. So every city is for profit. It's just some are run by thugs calling themselves governments, and some like this one are uniquely private and have a completely different viewpoint on how to run things. I mean, the city of Keene, quote unquote, that, you know, political jurisdiction that this studio is uh, is located, uh, they are raking in the dough. I mean, they are taking it in and they're investing it into various different investments and such. And they use those investments to pay off pensions and things like that so their employees can make profits for the entire rest of their lives. I mean, government, as we know it, is incredibly for profits. I mean, I don't think that really separates Morazan. Well, but in that case, what is not for profit? I mean, in every so like the city of Keene, it, it officially is not for profit. I mean, I'm is sure it? they'll it's tell just you a municipal corporation. Well, no, I'm sure they'll tell you that it is for the public good. And oh, they'll welfare, tell you all that. Well, they don't make a profit. They lose it all the time. They lose mm. money constantly. Well, no, they keep raising the the taxes. They've got plenty of money. Well, but they give it away to the people who work for them they don't keep it right sure they, they do they invest it that's okay. what so there's this thing that all cities have uh, what's it called there's uh, so there's the budget right but then there's this other thing called i think it's the comprehensive annual financial report uh-huh. if you remember may recall we had somebody call in about this years ago it's a real thing you can actually download this you can uh, you can find it your local town or city has one of these things the comprehensive annual financial report not just is regarding the budget, but also every other asset that the city has. So it could be the buildings. It could be the cars. Those are the simple assets. But they also have complex financial assets like stocks and bonds and things like that. They literally take your tax money and they invest it. The city manager, his job is also to manage the portfolio as I understand it, of all their investments that they have. And they have a lot of them, a lot more so than what you'll see on the budget because it has nothing to do with the budget. Right, they don't want you to know about it specifically. They don't want you to know the city has those assets. Yeah, Yeah, that's uh, uh, the foundation of uh, one of the fairly brilliant plans of transitioning to a tax-free world is that since all of these uh, municipalities and so on and so forth have these funds so if you were to effectively manage and invest those funds then you could build and build to the point where you can tax less and less and you mm. can reach the point where you no longer need to tax your citizenry at all sure it could and run you can off still, of those right you can still provide what the, what the people is used to to getting from those. that would be what you could do with an efficient operation but of right. course that's what harvard we, does harvard's uh, I've, I've heard Harvard doesn't even have to charge for anybody coming in. Because mm, uh, they it got does, it covered. But mm. they've got it all covered because they yeah. just have huge endowments. Well, right. And one of the big things there is that you would need people who do not want the power to destroy. Because the power to tax is the power to destroy. And unfortunately, the people that seek office want power. Yep. 
that's why it never gets smaller. It never gets more efficient or anything like that. Because government's just about stealing. rewarding your friends and punishing your enemies. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The relationship between the city of Morazan and its, all its tenants, whether industrial, commercial, or residential, is contractual, meaning that the city can be forced into third-party arbitration if it doesn't fulfill its promises, a significant improvement compared to regular municipalities. Hmm. And I'd like to say I know about a situation where this, there was some arbitration that went on. Okay. Who does uh, the arbitration? In this case, they had uh, the basically the, the city's lawyer did it. Okay. Um, there was sort of the accusation that this kid couldn't live there um, when he turned uh, because he wasn't the actual child of this couple, mm. right? So this couple took on a kid whose mom adopted. Hide- Hell, <laughs> nobody okay. cares in Honduras, but mm. yes, um, let's say common law okay. uh, adopted. Even they found they- him in an alley. They took him in. His mom had problems and left. Gotcha. So basically, there is a situation. So something to do with something about him not being their kid. They couldn't like sign something or whatever. Hmm. And so they started this arbitration. Basically, um, it caused the uh, you know concerned individuals to get a hold of the mother, find the mother, get a hold of her, mm-hmm. get her to sign a piece of paper, and then everything was handled. But hmm. it was fast. I mean, if like, you can imagine, talking? a week, two weeks. I think in total, mostly hunting her down was the mm-hmm. difficult part. Three weeks. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. quick. And if you can imagine whatever it is you've got to do with the city taking that short a period of time, mm-hmm. you know, it's just not that way. Ciudad Morazan provides the public services of infrastructure, security, and conflict conflict res- resolution under free market competition, which forces discipline. For example, there are no zoning laws. So the city can make better, more flex, flexible use of the land to please its customers. The tenants. Uh, um, the and tenants. everyone's a tenant there, by the way. Just, just yep. to clarify, this is something you pointed out last night. These are apartments. They are for rent. There are no condominiums. There's nothing for sale on this this entire, what did you say, 100 acres or something like 60 that? 60 acres is what it's saying acres. here. I thought it was 160. The entire thing is privately owned. This is essentially... I don't know if you want to call it a company town because that has some baggage uh, associated with it, but it right. is a completely no, people private People don't town. work for Morris. Uh, the people in there rarely work for Morris. And some mm-hmm. of the security guards live in there and things like that, though. Mm. Yeah, so, and that would make it distinct from a company town. And mm, they don't have, like, say, a company store, which would be – so it's it's not it's, that. There are stores, but they're run by tenants who yep. open up their houses and sell things out of them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and without difficulty. There's no prohibition on doing such a thing. Ladies and gentlemen, what would it be like if you advertised and tried to sell things out of your front door, out of your front windows? Yeah. You'd probably have some problems doing that in your town, but no one's going to have a problem with that. I went and got my hair cut there. Um, they've got a nail mm-hmm. salon. They've got uh, little convenience stores. You can choose between them. Is anyone doing like restaurant stuff, like yep. cooking for people? Yep. There's uh, There's more than one. That's cool. But it's all Honduran food. <laughs> That's okay. I know. Uh, we got more coming up here about Morazan City. And, you know, I guess Mark's going to enlighten us a little further. And you can call in and share your thoughts as well. It's Free Talk Live. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. 
Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by that treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. We're talking about Central America and specifically Honduras, which is the site of some of the more interesting international experiments in freedom called Special Economic Zones or Autonomous Zones, one of which is a 60-square-mile encircled-by-fence-and-wall city, private city called Morazan City, M-O-R-A-Z-A-N. Mark has been there multiple times. He has a house or an apartment there that he rents for $120 a month. Now, I guess you have to add in electricity or something like that. What what does it come to? Like, what's the realistic spend? You've got a guy living there right now. Uh, He works with you. He's running an air conditioner, I presume. Yep. Uh, So, Ace, you got to pay for the power. Right. Yeah. So power is not particularly cheap there and it isn't particularly reliable. Now, I'm not saying you're going to be out all night long or anything Mm -hmm. like that, but there's some flutters. Um, I like to have battery backups on important pieces of equipment. And that Mm -hmm. includes things like, you know, like either you pay very little amount for a refrigerator or you put a battery backup on it because you're going to shorten the heck out of life with uh, power fluctuations. Oh, wow. So, um, you know, there's some. And things, yeah, things like that. So I'd say three, three hundred and fifty. So it's rent plus power plus. Um, is garbage included? Do they take the trash out, or how does that work? I don't know how the trash works. You haven't been it there just, long enough. Just disappear that for out, me. right? <laughs> um, how long is the longest? I'm you've also there? figuring in. So the place is magic. You're saying, <laughs> right? Right. Do the dishes wash themselves too? The right. Well, they do um, because the housekeeper is very inexpensive. Ah, so is that you're including that in the three hundred something? Yeah, I mean, okay. she's gonna. She's. I mean, you're gonna pay her, and Does she's she gonna live come... there on the property. She's one yeah. of the renters there. Heck yeah, there. Because okay. I'm clean. I'm. You know, like yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't make a mess. So, so there's, there's a like little happy, economy. They're fight. They're fighting to, to be able yeah. to, to clean my place. So there's a little economy there. You were talking about. Uh, there's a couple of little convenience stores that people are running out of their their own homes. Yep. There's Restaurants. A, a hair salon. Yep. There's somebody who's doing nails. I think you said yep. or whatever. Same, it's basically the same lady, or uh, it's in mm-hmm. the same location. There's people serving food out of their own homes, yep. which is really cool. One lady uh, runs a restaurant. The mm-hmm. others will serve you food uh, because they think they do it better than she does. Which I mean, how many? How many good cook ladies do you know that don't feel like they do better? Bring them all on. Man. Right, I'm fine right. with that. <laughs> I don't know, ladies. I'm going to have to have another round. I want to try, try it out. all of the hunter and food, right? <laughs> right. Uh, okay, so uh, and then so what else? So you got uh, you get the rent, you get the power, you get the Taxi. maid. I mean, like basically, if you want to go someplace, mm-hmm. somebody Are you will that drive in the you. 300? 
No. Okay, so th- I, well, I just want to look at I'm what it costs. I'm not food. To, I just want to look I at what three, it costs to live in this apartment without food, right? So. I, I haven't done the calculations, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry. I'm going to guess 300 okay. 350 or something like that just to mm-hmm. be um, you know, fair. So your tenant and, is paying for the other things. They're, they're, he's taking care of these things. You don't know what it's like because you haven't lived there for more than a month or something. Right. right? Basically, we decided that we would split a place mm-hmm. and that I don't have to pay for the power and the other things, I just give him a very small amount for the rent. I see. Okay. And that way I have a place you to stay. You can go there if you want to. When I, when I stay. Got it. All right. And so, I'm curious, uh, what's the uh, ratio of locals to non-locals that are currently there? I'd say it's about 90. Uh, she's got to be close to 99%. Really? Okay. Locals. So you can gotcha. probably count the uh, the imports on one hand then. Yeah, there's a there's a few people from few places, and mm-hmm. then there's some people like me who kind of rent but aren't there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how to count them exactly. But Alex, his wife, uh, I think I'm done. Okay, and you? <laughs> okay, got oh, it. Falk's there now too. The German guy. Yeah. Okay. The FCC. His name is spelled F A L K. Falk. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> All right. Source of no, 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 it doesn't cease to be enjoying, enjoyable. Um, All right, what else do we need to know? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that's basically it. It's it's more or less this walled community mm-hmm. uh, with the 64 units. They're going to be building another 64 Cause here short, Cause shortly because it's, it's full. It's successful. Uh, you can be safe there. This went from... It's highly inexpensive. This was under construction just, what, three years ago or something like that? I mean, this. How long did this go from zero tenants to completely full? What was it? A year? Two years? I think it's got to be somewhere between a year and two years. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it seems relatively quick. Yeah. Like this is, well, as you pointed out, th- these things are priced to rent because they are higher quality than anything you're going to get for $120 a month. But it's only $120 a month. The intention yeah. was really to provide commercial storage space in the back and there they've got that um for clients that want to take advantage of the sort of import export duty-free zone but the government basically put a kibosh on that Mm. so the guy who owns it who's very wealthy wants to uh see if he can grow the residential side to Mm. get to be profitable it was always supposed to be commercial supporting residential as opposed to the other way around but everybody wants to be safe Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to keep as much of their money as money as possible. And mind you, most Hondurans don't make enough money to get taxed by the Honduran government. The Honduran government doesn't have the infrastructure to go after the little guy like uh, the IRS is uh, really figuring out how to do now that uh, Biden's walking back his four hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollar promise and all that. But I heard they were only going after the billionaires, Mark. Right. Well, you know, if you believe that, there's a long line in history that you ought to get in of suckers. Because it's always that way. It's all they're always going to go after the rich. Don't worry, it'll never be you. And then it's always you or your kid, whatever the situation is. I'm sure it's just a temporary government program. Going on, if you'd like here, com- uh, because of competitive pressure, Ciudad Morazan has had to find innovative ways to provide services like sturdy housing, water treatment, drainage, waste management at lower prices than surrounding areas. Security is an essential service due to the high crime rate, and there are many gated communities or buildings in Honduras, but they are considered a luxury of the rich. Mm -hmm. So Ciudad Morazan had to find a way to make it affordable for working-class Hondurans. It's not about the wall around the city, innovative software that helps restrict entry while causing the least inconvenience to people who Hmm. live and work in the city is essential. What does that mean? There's like some sort of uh, pass card? What's the software they're they're referring to to get in? 
as I understand it, they take your ID and it goes into they scan it. It goes into a database and mm-hmm. they know when and uh, when you're in, when you're out. You got to provide your ID on the way in. Pro- provide the ID. And it's the a human. In. It's a human at the gate, right? Yes. That's checking these things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, these uh, these guards they've they've gotten to the point that they recognize me now, but they just don't mm-hmm. know why. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I know he's here and he's a good guy, but why? De- ID, please. <laughs> you know, like, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, that's this Massimo's friend. Okay. Be nice to him." <laughs> it's not just about the. Excuse me. Unlike other cities, which must accept anyone who wants to live or do business there, including criminals. CDOT Morazon selects the residents through an application and vetting process. Mm -hmm. Moreover, since the relationship is contractual, the tenants agree to the rules and regulations before they decide to apply. This helps enforcement of the relatively few and common sense rules. And that's what I like about this is that, you know, if they've decided that you're a troublemaker, whether you're a resident or a guest of a resident, you're just not welcome. Mm -hmm. You're just not coming in. And in a place like this, that's a good thing. Have they had to deal with that? Have there been some troublemakers who've been uh, removed There's from the property? There's a communist uh, non-governmental organization that likes to spray paint things on the wall about how— Outside or yeah, inside? They put uh, anarchist symbols on the wall and say that uh, we're anarchy, we're the real anarchists, not these guys in here or oh, something. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So you have the straight-up Hoppian uh, model for uh, for your uh, borders. Well, yes, that we do. Um, now, frankly, they leave these the these uh, spray paintings up just to show what their you know their opposition will do. Mm-hmm. I personally would put uh, citizens on the wall with paintball guns and. <laughs> 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 but you know nobody's asking me to provide security in huh. Honduras. So so the communists are actually targeting this place with at this point thankfully just just graffiti. That's it. It's just graffiti, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, no, no, so I I was saying so uh Hoppe's model of uh of of how you should deal with immigration is well, if you're invited, well then they're responsible for you. So yeah. that basically that's how you run it. Yep, that's exactly how it's run. I mean, I don't think you're responsible in a uh, financial sense. Mm. Um, you know, crime is still going to ha- happen. People are going to loan to other people or a bike's going to get stolen. How could a bike get stolen at this point? Again, the the greatest violence that happens at, in Morazan is cat fights. Yeah, um, I was going to say, what have you heard about? I mean, uh, what's the worst thing that's happened there? Yeah, um, one guy rented and ran up a big bill at one of the pulperias. Um, like $200 or something. So they gave him a tab and he just kept on putting things on the tab and never yeah. paid? and then he just left his apartment full oh, of junk no. and left. So so hopefully the pulperia learned that you don't do that. Well, I think that I think it's fine to extend credit, mm-hmm. but you've got to be a little wiser about it than just, I mean, they, he was getting prepared food. Like he mm-hmm. had no refrigerator. There's nothing, he had no assets, right? Like mm-hmm. he's just got an apartment with junk in it. He doesn't even have a God. couch that you can repossess. So... You know, it was that was the situation. And okay. as I understand, there was uh, some community action to try to make them not whole, but less. Do something for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, do something for them. Okay, that's nice. Yeah. So going on, um, for example, one of the rules is to keep the community clean in mm-hmm. most jurisdictions. And it is. By the way, in a, in a country that suffers from a litter problem, it's clean there. Nice. That's what I like to hear. I mean, it sounds like a lot like, you know, Disney World or whatever, where you go into this private land and all of a sudden the roads get nicer and there's not garbage all over the place. And it's just better taken care of because private owners have an incentive to do things better to attract people to their property. 
So it sounds like they're uh, they're doing that. For example, one of the rules is to keep the community clean. In most jurisdictions, littering laws are simply revenue tools. Mm-hmm. Ciudad Morazan considers a clean environment a crucial value for the community. If tenants violate this rule, they're not just fined. Their lease is not renewed. Mm. And they all have a security deposit. Mm-hmm. And that security deposit will be used for the messes that you've created. Most jurisdictions fund their services through a myriad of uh, taxes and fees that can be changed at any time without the approval or consent of the people who pay them. In contrast, the contract with Ciudad Morazan specifies that the only tax is a 5% income tax. Hmm. And by the way, that's forced by the Honduran government. This is is part of the law. Yep. Hmm. It goes to them. So hold on. So the city, the private city collects the income tax and then they hand it over to the Honduran government, part of it, and they have to keep part of it. It's part of the part of the rules. Really? Yeah. Okay. How is that enforced? What do you mean? Meaning, you know, the you mentioned these pulperias. These are the little corner stores that people mm-hmm. are opening out of their home. Uh, you know, are they having to keep detailed records of every soda that goes out the door so some bureaucrat comes by and they can? Look and see how many Coca-Colas they've sold this month, and did they pay their appropriate 5% on that? Like, what level of of uh, granularity is this enforcement? Or is it just like, I made $10 this month, and, you know, you fill out a form and pay your, your It's fee. annual and self-reported mm-hmm. at this time. Okay. So, um, you know, there's no plan to do otherwise. Mm-hmm. The intention of Ciudad Morazan is to make money from rents. Right. But... Um, you know, the, they do have the rules that they have to follow, and the rule states that there is an income tax. As far as that goes, I know people who live there, and I know how they pay that income tax, and it's self-reported and, um, you know, just basically done to the – there's only one bureaucrat, right? There's the mayor, the guy who runs the place. So speaking of the uh, bureaucratic side of the thing uh, – and I'm really curious about how you do uh, an independent court system on this. Yeah, so you can choose their arbitrators or you can have your own. Hmm. Um, most problems are solved. Like if you want to get – like a lot of people are using are the arbitrators, the, the people I talk to, well, the wait a minute, libertarians what? on site, are using the arbitrators for the purpose of just using the arbitrators. Wait a minute, just to clarify. Yep. When you say that you can choose, you mean in – personal disputes between other tenants i presume that in your lease you have to agree to use their arbitrator right? no actually you no. don't hmm. you can have your own arbitration as long as you name it and it uh-huh. uh, is licensed there um so you know they've got a they got to set up and at this point nobody has like the the high up arbitrators the top end of the arbitrators are you know the the lawyers that set the place up in the mm-hmm. first place mm-hmm. and and are they honduran lawyers are they hanging yeah. around or like they come in once a week to do i wouldn't even say weekly hearings okay less, far less often than that mm-hmm. yeah i mean you know it's it's functioning without these arbitrators telling people what to do as most of your life does i yeah. mean when do you need a guy in a black muumuu to tell you how to live rarely never yeah well but so but if you had you know, if somehow you had this problem with one of the people that lived there and you try and talk to him, you can't figure anything out and you still have this problem, what would you do? Um, then I would go to their arbitrators and have them solve the problem. OK. And the, their arbitrators are uh, probably these uh, Honduran lawyers that uh, set the place up in the first place. Yeah. OK. And, and is it loser pays? How does that work? 
the uh, well at this point they don't have they don't have, they haven't have enough cases to mm-hmm. to be at that point but i think that i suspect that's where it's going to go mm-hmm. you know the person who has the ridiculous position is the one who's going to end up paying okay the amount is uh, reported and paid to the ZA, rather, this is the tax, uh, rather than the national government. From this tax income, the ZA remits 12% of the revenue to five different government agencies without the personal identifiable information of the tenants. The remaining 88% That's got to be worth something right there. I mean, if you're a Honduras person, presumably you would be paying taxes wherever else you would be. But now you can live in uh, this city and your name Pay gets wiped far away. Less. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Right. The remaining 88% is used to fund the services contractually provided by the ZA. Okay. Since the primary purpose of the ZA regime is to create jobs for Hondurans, Ciudad Morazan uses several means to attract industrial tenants who create those jobs. There are thousands of special economic zones um, worldwide that provide tax incentives to attract investment. As a, the next level SEZ, they're using that instead of uh, special autonomous zone. Mm-hmm. The ZA also starts with the tax incentives. However, experience has shown even in Honduras, the tax concessions are not enough by themselves to compete for direct foreign investment. And I think that so currently there's a solar company there that's uh, doing solar installations. They're moving in a couple of manufacturing companies into this area. And now and once really, I thought you said there was no commercial going on. They had previously wanted to be commercial storage, but they that's that's difficult to do but as a manufacturer about like just a warehouse where people have product well this the guy who owns it is the um owns i think the largest pharmacy in central america so um you know lots of product was sitting in there and that kind of thing um but you know okay so but but you said that the thing is is you got to remember the communist government isn't consistent in its enforcement of whatever yeah Hmm. okay but you're saying the storage thing for whatever reason couldn't go forward it isn't currently. But a commercial establishment that's not storage is co- going forward? I think that a manufacturing uh, plant, because that makes more sense to mm-hmm. them, uh, will probably work. Because you've got to remember, it's right next door to these Zolis, which are basically uh, special economic zone factories. So Honduras really understands how to work with that. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the ZAs were new legal technology to bring in more investment in Honduras. And they were very successful. It's just not the investment that the commies want. Hmm. Okay. Since the primary purpose of the ZA regime is to create jobs for Hondurans, Ciudad Morazan uses several means to attract industrial uh, tenants to create those jobs. There are uh, thousands, excuse me, I've already read this part. Just let me see if I understand. So the solar company is there now and they're actually manufacturing solar panels no no they are buying solar panels from china China. and they are installing them on businesses and homes outside of the city outside of the zone the zone okay so they're going and they're marketing solar panels to the rest of the the region basically but they're basing the business inside morazan morazan and they're employing people um, at least one person at this point that I know for sure mm-hmm. uh, in, from that area. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, you know, that's the added advantage. Now, not only are you living in a safe place, but you've got a job that uh, within that that safe place. You mm. can go out to install, but, right. you know, I go out too. You know? mm-hmm. um, it's not like I leave in an armored bank truck, a repurposed bank truck or something, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Um, I mean, it's, it's, I don't also I don't call the news station and say, Mark is leaving Morazan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Line up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, I feel safe and everything's fine. Okay. 
The most important benefit of the ZETI, the ZETI provides is industrial tenants is a lower regulatory burden. The regulations are fewer and more straightforward, which means that there are fewer approvals needed for Honduran bureaucrats. For example, hmm. industrial tenants can import machinery not otherwise allowed in Honduras. Ciudad, I don't know what that is. So, don't so even though – now that's interesting because – the importation of this is happening at some port. This is Ciudad Morazan is landlocked. Yep. It's not sitting on the water. So somehow the fact that they are a, a special autonomous zone gives them extra rights at the ports to import things that otherwise well, would be restricted? Again, rights are things that have to be run by the government. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at this time, it's very difficult to get anything that is legally uh, the right of Ciudad Morazan done. Mm-hmm. So uh, most of the things that are being done there, we're, you know, we're just using regular hunter and paperwork to get it done. But I solar see. has a nice margin on it, so it's a good business to start with. Hmm. So less regulations and taxations at the port is kind of like the power. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. (laughs) Well, the power (laughs) mostly works, but yes. Ciudad Morazan has its own customs office and is located near Puerto Cortez, one of the uh, Central America's most uh, critical deep water ports. By streamlining the import, export, and shipping procedures, the ZEDE, Ciudad Morazan, allows tenants to save on not only customs duties, but the costs of regulatory compliance. In addition, there are no restrictions on nationalization um, into the Honduran jurisdictions, meaning that goods manufactured or assembled in the ZEDE can be sold in Honduras rather than having to be exported to other countries, which Mm. is, uh, that's what's going on in these Zolis, these uh, uh, maquilas that I was referring to, these Mm -hmm. factories that are basically like Imagine Fruit of the Loom, mm-hmm. our, uh, we share the initials, <laughs> Fruit right. of the Loom, they make underwear and t-shirts and all that stuff, but they cannot, they, they frisk their employees on the way out so that they're not stealing the stuff because it absolutely, positively cannot get into Honduras. It still does. So wait, I thought the benefit of the special economic zone was that they could sell in Honduras. The ZA can, the Zoli can't. Oh, Zoli is okay. 20 year old, 20 something year old technology. I see. Yeah, tech, legal technology. Why wouldn't they want their products being sold in Honduras? Because they don't want to undercut the locals or something. Hmm. So, okay. you know, all, all the stuff that's being sold in Honduras, allegedly, has already had whatever duties paid on it mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So they don't want this duty-free stuff making it in. But it still does. Of course it does. I mean, why would it? I yeah. mean, what would you want to do with, you know, second isn't that what they call things that aren't uh, perfect? The seconds, sure. um, these second socks or whatever. Do you, do you want them to set them on fire in the parking lot? <laughs> I mean, give them away to poor people for goodness' sake. Yeah, yeah it's uh, a real shame that they weren't able to set this up as a port. Because I mean, that <laughs> is exactly how Hong Kong worked. Was that yeah, you had this yes. uh, very separate legal area, but it was a very effective port, and because of that, you had this feedback loop of building. Tune in next year because uh, we actually there is land that's owned uh, by a ZA. I can't I I really don't know what I'm allowed to say and what I'm not. I have signed non disclosures. uh, So I know that I'm fine with reading this public blog post. But I don't know what I can say and what I can't say. Well, okay, I know that the uh, the the other special autonomous zone, the uh, the one that is on the island. I, I believe they have some – I don't know if they have a port, 
but I'm pretty sure they've got some waterfront, mm. and I don't know if that's what he's referring to. Not but. Uh, this. Uh, this definitely. I'm not referring to the waterfront on the island of Roatan. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're talking about the mainland then. It's what I'm talking about is on the mainland. Okay. Yes. All but right. now Zetes all have to be within the coastline. So anyway. Uh, this this idea was not lost. Oh, on... so so the the legal technology of the ZA specifically prohibits you from being on the coastline. No, it must be on the coast. It must be it within be coastal states or provinces or whatever. Oh, okay, oh, okay. Gotcha. But they could have a port, is what you're saying. Yes. And... Okay. Now, may, now I know you say you don't know what you can reveal, but as I understand it, the old before this thing was repealed, which it was like a year or so ago. Uh, before this was repealed, there was some rule that said that any property owner can sort of join the ZA. Yes. And as I understood it, that went away once this got repealed. So these guys can't expand. I don't, I don't think so. That's um, what they're going to find out, huh? No, I think that it's very clear legally that they can expand. It's just that currently the, the communists, communists aren't going to like that. Well, so they, uh, they have the so old... it's legal in the way that uh, our our freedoms are protected by the uh, uh, Bill of Rights. The U.S. used to have what they call the spoil systems. When a new president comes in, he appoints a whole new set of bureaucrats. That's what happens in Honduras. The current bureaucrats that are in there are saying, "Heck no, um, mm-hmm. you can't get anything through, and no expansion can happen." But yes, expansion legal and yes it's uh it's mandated hmm sounds like it could be an interesting situation that is developing down there if you want to weigh in you can it's free talk live on free talk live we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day from wrestling superstars like glenn jacobs you guys really are having an impact i believe like i said uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project, and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Second hour of the program here. Phones are open. Coming up, we'll talk about what's happening up in Canada, where they are now. The government thugs are threatening grocers and blaming grocers for prices going up for inflation. We'll talk about that coming up. It's here. always the greedy capitalists. It's never the people who are printing the money. Oh no, no, no that yeah. devalue the currency that causes price to go up. It's never them. It's always <laughs> right. the greedy capitalists. So we'll talk about that coming up here. Uh, with you tonight, it's Ian. Beakless Mountaineer. And Mark. And also, Mark, you've been telling us about this uh, special autonomous zone that is uh, in existence in Honduras. You're pretty excited about it. There's actually a few of them. You've gone to visit two out of the three, we learned last night. You went to the one on Roatan, which is called 
uh, Prospera. Yeah, you can find that at Prospera.hn. And this is the one that's getting kind of all the attention. There's yep. a lot of media that's been covering Prospera. Reason Magazine did, uh, I think, a 25-minute long documentary about it recently, too. which was really interesting. You can check it out on the Reason television channel on YouTube, I think. Uh, worth worth a watch. If you find any of this kind of interesting, you probably want to learn a little bit more about it. That's an easy way to do it. Uh, and more- freedom and uh, free markets will really allow poor people to prosper. Mm-hmm. You know, rule of law and all the things that uh, you know that that you want to build a prosperous society. That's what these uh, Zedes are trying to create, and and that's what, of course, the government bureaucrats want to stop. Mm-hmm. These people are part of a system that has been bilking us for centuries, millennia. I mean, be serious. Government only exists because it extracts the wealth of those that are governed. Yeah. Well, and this is why I'm so curious about how you're setting up a a court system, because that has pretty much been an absolute no-no for... Again, thousands of years. It's like, no, no, no. We will solve disputes the way I say that we solve disputes. And, you know, every now and again you get, like, some kind of revolution and end up with a Magna Carta where you change things a little bit and end up with another monopoly system on settling disputes. So the idea of, well, hold on, we could have a market in in solving our problems so that there's actually an incentive to solve them well so that you can you know, protect people. The Magna Carta was a very interesting document, but really all it was was dukes and barons demanding have to have more power from the king. Right. It's not like it gave power to anybody who was, you know, Robin Hood, for instance, didn't get any more power from it. Right. So going on with this uh, article here. Yeah, from- this is about uh, Morazan, which yep. is a different uh, special autonomous zone there in Honduras. This one is not on the island of Rotan. It's on the mainland. It is inland. It is not... Uh, you know, it's it's surrounded by other, you know, the rest of the the mainland. So there's not a, a deep water port or anything like that. But yet they've managed to carve out this 60 square mile area. Square uh, acres. Oh, sorry, square acres. Uh, that's a lot smaller than miles, right? You sure is. Uh, so 60 square acres. They uh, they've got a Just couple hundred acres, people. Yeah. A couple hundred people are living on this property in 64 apartments. That had been constructed and are now rented out completely. Yep, full. Uh, they're doubling the number of apartments within the next some amount of months. I and presume. by the way, if you're a resident and you bring in another resident, you get a referral uh, bonus. Sweet. Yeah, you get a little bit off your rent for that right. month. Not bad. But I met the guy who is the biggest recruiter. He's just huh. talking to people at the uh, Zolis, yeah. uh, bringing them in, and he's not paying rent right now because he's gotten so many uh, bonuses. Yeah, the place is full. I get a up. picture with him. All right, so um, and you were talking about some of the uh, the kind of economic activity that's happening in there. There's businesses starting up, people running businesses out of their homes, supplying the rest of the community with things like food and uh, services of of different sorts. And so that all sounds really interesting. What else do we need to know? Just going on, attracting productive labor is a major benefit for industrial tenants, and that uh, and that better labor is attracted by the benefits Yada Morazan offers workers. Allowing workers to live near the industrial area uh, in a walled city is an enormous benefit for both the workers and the factories. The factories don't have to worry about workers being able to get to work. Mm-hmm. The workers have significant, uh, saved significantly on transportation costs. The superior housing and security inside Ciudad Morazan attracts better labor as well as saving 
on costs for both factories and workers. Aside from industrial and residential tenants, Ciudad Morazan serves commercial tenants. So just as, a, as industrial and residential tenants attract each other, commercial tenants benefit and attract the other two. The ZA encourages entrepreneurship. What does that mean? So what's the difference between an industrial, that's just manufacturing, right. what's a commercial tenant? Well, a commercial tenant would be somebody like the um, the solar uh, uh, installa- installers, okay. right? So okay. they're going out and doing things. And- so a business that does something besides manufacturing, basically? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The ZA encourages- How many are there right now? Businesses? You mentioned the solar place. At this point- that's basically it. And do I they, mean, did they build more their or less? Own? The, they've gone in basically six months, gone from zero or let's call it two mm-hmm. to uh, full speed ahead. It's because yeah. they they're tired of waiting for the government to come up with some solution. Mm-hmm. The government's using all kinds of stall tactics to not have to come to a solution with the the ZAs as to what's going to go on. But the there's people whose lives are on hold, and those people don't want to wait anymore. Now, what are the commercial... You mentioned the apartments that people are renting. There's 64 apartments. Those are all intended for families. Where are the commercial tenants? Is there another building that is just for commercial use? It's a truck... And uh, and a uh, container like a shipping container, a shipping container okay. with uh, solar panels and solar equipment in it. Wow! With a padlock. So, so the solar company brought these things in, or was it the city that provided this area for them to uh, to occupy? Oh, the Ciudad Morrison. Um, they, they just I don't know that there's rent paid for where the container was plopped mm-hmm. down, but yeah, the container was brought in. Right. Okay. Got it. So there's not an official commercial building at this point. No, I, I mean, yeah, okay. they're not throwing up buildings to just sit around empty. Yeah. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, you know, these are residents. You know, they, they, somebody's got to be in every square foot yep. that they're building because otherwise it doesn't make sense financially. Makes sense. The ZA encourages entrepreneurship by making it easy to start a small business. In contrast to the complex and expensive process in the rest of Honduras and the rest of the world, uh, registering a new business in Ciudad Morazan only takes 24 hours and costs 10 bucks. Potential uh, enterprises don't have to worry about high costs, burdensome regulations, or dealing with corrupt bureaucrats. They're also protected from criminal gangs that extort business owners in the surrounding area. This is really Someone important. But you repeat yourself. Yeah, a non-governmental criminal gang you're talking That's about? That's right. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. And the government isn't going to protect you from that criminal gang. Of course not. And... Uh, so I got to see a video of one of these guys coming in. He's got two guns. He's sitting in the front seat of one of uh, these jitney cabs, these big buses that they drive around. They take uh, they take your old school bus from your neighborhood, and it gets a whole new life down in Honduras with a much snazzier paint job, by I the bet. way. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> Those paint jobs are awesome. <laughs> and, and don't forget some, uh, some sort of magic inscriptions calling upon Jesus to protect everybody in the bus. Nice. Um, and but he's sitting there on camera. The guy's got one of those dash cam things, and um, mm-hmm. this brave man released this video of this guy extorting him. Wow! And I can't imagine he's going back out to work. So you're saying the guy that was extorted was the driver of the jitney bus? Yeah. yeah. And some guy just got on and demanded payment. Yeah. Basically? Well, no, this guy was sort of the accountant of the. Uh, I mean, this guy was wearing. Like a collared short sleeve shirt and stuff. The guy that was extorting him. Yeah, this wasn't some gang member with a hat turned really? sideways or something. But he's with the gang, and if you don't pay him, then the gang will extract revenge on your bus or you, yeah. basically. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it'd be awful. And remember, this is a violent, terrible place. Right. So um, if they can mitigate that in any way, people will flock to their doors. Right. 
So um, going on, one of the biggest falsehoods about uh, spread about Zedes is that they can expropriate land from indigenous and other poor people. Mm-hmm. The truth is that only the government can expropriate land without <laughs> pl- paying a fair price for it. The Zedes buy land with clear title from willing sellers as part of their charters. They have even declared that they would never accept expropriated land from the government if offered it. Okay. But people just re- believe the crap that the politicians say. It's true all over the world. Like It came out of a politician's mouth. You know it's a lie, and then you believe it. Mm-hmm. You know it is, and then you believe it. Oh, I like this political party because they tell me the lies that make me feel better. Yep. I really hate the lies that that other political party tells. They yeah, it help is. me like the things I already like and hate what I already hate. That's <laughs> the party for me. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's amazing how people keep falling for the same old political scam. It's like people supposedly know politicians are liars, but when it's their guy, then all of a sudden it must be the truth. And He's that's different. why I think it's so interesting to be against Zetes in Honduras. Your government is sucked for 200 years <laughs> somebody wants to come in and give somebody a chance voluntarily to do something different and you're like no has it been around that long the honduran government 200 years i think it's like 1820s 1830s okay, that uh, the central american republic declared huh. independence from spain really? on september the 15th so was that yesterday uh, happy anniversary there uh, honduras <laughs> el salvador costa rica okay uh, nicaragua Guatemala. Um, and then after that, uh, so this guy, Francisco Morrison, mm-hmm. um, you know, he wanted to have this one big unified place and that just didn't work. Mm. And so it split off after that. And I don't know what year it split off, but I mm. think it was it had to have been by the 1850s because Honduras itself was negotiating with Great Britain for the Bay Islands and Belize. OK, got it. I think. I'd have to go and read that history. Anyhow, um, uh, the ZA law includes a provision that Honduran communities can vote to join a ZA if they wish. However, Ciudad Morazan operates under a business model that is 100% voluntary. Therefore, it could never accept a group of people who are not unanimous in their desire to live or work in the ZA and who could not be individually vetted um, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. Uh, not being criminals. Although the ZA allows the establishment of a completely different legal system from the rest of Honduras, Ciudad Morazan simply encourages third-party arbitration rather than using the Honduran civil and commercial court system. But just to be clear, the ZA law is gone. That has been abolished. So there is no provision, I would presume now, to allow anyone to vote themselves to join. No. Um, that law is still in effect for those three ZAs for mm-hmm. 50 years. Mm-hmm. So they could... If the government of Honduras would allow that to happen, I was working with a community to, to do just that. To vote themselves in? Not into Morazan, but to vote themselves into a ZA uh-huh. entirely, to make their own ZA. And um, for their own... A different ZA that doesn't exist? That's correct. But they can't do that now, right? That's correct. Right, okay. But okay. they could potentially vote themselves as part of uh, Morazan. Or Roatan. Roatan isn't a... Oh, sorry, the uh, Prospera. Prospera. Mm-hmm. They could. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prospera would probably be in... in Morazan's less costly. Prospera yeah. is... Prospera's uh, an island. More it's a robust beach legally. Yeah. So, okay. um, you know, either way, at this point, it's all theoretical because you've got to wait for the commies to leave. Mm. And they're, uh, the Hondurans are very, would be very delighted, it seems. All the ones I've talked to, if they would just go away. 
Well, who keeps electing these people? Is it just they're scamming the election system? It's a four-year system, and so I'll, I'll tell you how it happened. Mm-hmm. Understand, government has sucked for 200 years in Honduras. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, you can say that it sucked for 200 years in the United States, but I mean, sure. people like Eisenhower were pretty well-liked. Mm. Um, it wasn't in within my lifetime, and I'm 52. So what happened was Honduras's nationalista president, who was in previously, is currently in jail in the United States facing charges for drug trafficking, working mm. with drug traffickers. So... You know, the Hondurans were rightfully mad at the Blue Party, the Nationalistas, the their Republicans, as okay. it were, for having a corrupt president and letting all that stuff slide, right? So and, that's why they voted in the commies? So they were trying to give a lashback. The choices they were given was the wife of a guy who tried to stage a coup and a uh, talk show host with... Um, sort of Tourette's like he just <laughs> you know, kind of just says things um, so Trump <laughs> right <laughs> and they chose the wife of the guy who tried to stage a coup now mind mm-hmm. you the guy who was in, of the Nationalista party he did pretty well um, but this wasn't the guy that was arrested this is the guy that was yeah, following yeah. that was is a great mayor the former mayor of Tegucigalpa he built a lot of roads and you know just did a he's a man of the people in a lot of ways and I liked him and you know, thought he was pretty good. Tito Concreto is what they called him because he okay. built a lot of stuff. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. so this lady just won based on what exactly? Um, I think that they were trying that the voters were trying to teach a lesson to uh-huh. the nationalistas. So you think it might flip back on the next election? That is what I hear from everyone. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you I don't think? I mean, is, is there any libertarian party down there? Because obviously the whole thing with Javier Malay in Argentina, and I realize that's a whole other continent yeah right? sure uh but uh, the javier malay thing which we've covered to some extent here on free talk live uh is a phenomenon where he's now he was interviewed by tucker carlson this week and it's a bilingual uh interview so you you know if, if you speak spanish there's a spanish version where they translate what tucker says into spanish and if you uh, speak english there's an english version where they translate what malay says but you listen to it in both i was so proud of you well you hear the other side i mean it's it's not a dub it's uh if you're watching the English version, you're going to hear Javier Malay speak in Spanish. It's just subtitles. Oh, subtitles. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. see. So you, I was listening to it in Spanish. You were watching it in English. <laughs> correct. Correct. Uh, but uh, really interesting interview. If Malay's been... got excellent Spanish, by the way. He stays yeah. nice and slow so that people can understand what he says. It's, he enunciates very well. doesn't have all that Shea stuff that uh, the Argentinians yeah. are known for. Well, he's obviously a good communicator because he's become a real phenomenon. I mean, he is essentially... A young Ron Paul for Argentina. I mean, he's got the level of, if not more so, popularity than Ron Paul. Ron Paul was filling stadiums full of young people in the United States. Unfortunately, it didn't translate into any kind of primary win for him. Javier Malay is also filling stadiums with young people, and it is translating into, it did translate into a primary win. He's a very principled libertarian sounding character for the most part i mean i have my quibbles with him he's anti-abortion for instance uh but he gets he gets libertarianism from an economic perspective very very strongly and he's a very strong advocate of abolishing various different government agencies entirely abolishing the central bank uh and surprisingly they didn't really talk about abolishing the central bank during his interview with uh, tucker carlson but there's a lot of content there and it's now been viewed more than 360 million times now 
what percentage of the 360 million actually watched the whole thing. Twitter doesn't give you those statistics. So even if it's 10% actually sat through the whole half hour, that's still 30 plus million viewers of this thing. That is bigger than any interview you're going to see on like a national television yeah, station. Yeah, I mean, or something. when was when was the last time? So Argentina has gotten a few you know historical moments, right? They've got their you know world class soccer player who is i mean he's just the he might be the best who's ever lived he might be the goat the greatest of all time hmm. um and his name is escaping I think was a soccer player wasn't he wasn't malay a soccer hmm. player well i mean lots of people have been soccer players but probably this, true this particular guy and and i mean p- the people are all across the country are screaming at their radios right now telling me what mm-hmm. his name is and i can't <laughs> it's not coming through but you should call Anyway, did you say Pele? I said Pele. Pele name. is the probably name, right? the other um, oh, okay. most known. Um, I, I, I can't type because my hand is uh, stuck here. But Argentinian mm. soccer player will get you the guy's name. Okay. Anyway, um, and of course Evita, right? Like so, a, a politician, a socialist marries a an actress, and suddenly uh, Argentina doesn't recover for you know eight decades. Um, but then this guy. This guy is like the biggest thing to happen to Argentina in a long time. Big time. And he's becoming an international uh, character. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of attention being drawn to this guy. And, of course, it's the, you know, the timing is right because Argentina is one of the worst places on the planet as far as inflation uh, is concerned. Mm-hmm. So its people are being impoverished in a uh, historic manner. Uh, and so they're paying attention to economics, unlike the people of America or Canada. You know, we get it a little I'll bit wait here. wait till but... we're 100% uh, inflation a year. We'll start paying attention. Well, right. And then it's maybe messy. the libertarians will actually get some attention in the mm-hmm. United States. But that's unfortunately what it took for a libertarian to get some attention in uh, in Argentina. But it makes me wonder, you know, are the people in Honduras aware of Javier Malay? And, yes. And what do they think of him? And is there a Javier Malay of Honduras? Is there a Libertarian well, Party there that has any kind of uh, influence? There's not a Libertarian Party there. They We do have Students for Liberty. And I'll tell you about a politician who uh, I think is very exciting there. However, I would say that most Hondurans are like most Americans. You ask them their opinion on who should be president, and they'll give you an opinion. Mm-hmm. Not that they should have it. Because what do they know about economics? What do they know about running a government? And this is why I like the idea of um, uh, the Sierra Morazan is because they've got experts running these things. They've got people who you know need to turn a profit doing it. But if you ask your average American, well, which one of the crooked old perverts do you want? They'll give you an answer. <laughs> They'll tell you an answer. Mm-hmm. They may even say, you know, I'd rather not have one of these crooked old perverts. But since I have to pick... I will pick one of them. And this is why we have the problem that we have. Right. Anyway, there's I a guy both named... both of them, so we get nothing done. <laughs> right. Well, that's good, though. I, I, yeah. I'm for that. Right. Jorge uh, Calindris. Uh, this is a guy I've met on multiple occasions. He is a very principled libertarian. And he gets he makes the circuits on all the radio and television programs. Mm. He makes the points. And he is deeply involved with the Zedes. And I think you should keep an eye on him in particular. This may be his moment with Mele, um, Mele or whatever his name, Mele, mm-hmm. uh, that he is able to jump uh, into politics and get uh, you know a position that really matters. But Honduras's legislature is quite large, mm-hmm. and um, you know, is it unicameral? 
It is unicameral. Mm-hmm. And so there's a president and there's the legislature. And the and um, a court system. Yeah, the right? Supreme Court. Okay. But the Supreme Court's appointed by the president oh. every like 10 years or something. So the commie mm-hmm. got in and changed them out. Trying to. Oh, okay. But she can't get anything through. Um, she can't get anything through. Oh, because the legislature won't let her. Right. Oh, so she mm. can't just change out the uh, Supreme Court without the legislature's approval? As I understand it. Okay. I, you know, pardon me. I, okay. You, you know. don't know. You don't live there. I, I get it. Yeah. yeah. I, I just want to talk uh, for a second about uh, the, the whole, like, Tucker-Melee uh, uh, combination here, because, like... I didn't see someone like Tucker Carlson coming along. Like, I did not see some, like, major, like, the number one draw of Fox News mm-hmm. suddenly no longer being a part of uh, of mainstream media. And, in fact, largely competing with mainstream media. Yeah. I didn't see that one coming. Going independent. And Populist I, and libertarian. And I yeah. definitely did not see uh, the, the the sort of feedback loop that you get from having a, a massive audience uh, with a formerly mainstream person with the ability to not ignore a libertarian candidate. Mm-hmm. Because that's always been one of the agreements of the mainstream media. Is we they, don't talk about them. We do, <laughs> we do not, not talk, talk about, about Ron liber- Paul. <laughs> right. right. Unless we're insulting him and then very quickly and go back to what we were talking yeah. about. And best best not to do that because it just whips up his supporters. So never talk about Ron Paul. Right. So here you have sort of a feedback loop of being able to hear about these people and that bringing an even greater draw to someone like Tucker Carlson's show in a, 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 a who in Argentina was already watching that. Maybe no. Probably not that many, yeah. Now now he's got more and now he can bring light to other uh, would-be yeah. ignored otherwise uh, candidates. Alright, there's more coming up. If you want to join the show here, you can. 603-283-6160. Talk Live. You can join the show here and you can bring up whatever you want to talk about. The number is 603-283-6160. We're talking about some interesting developments on the frontier of freedom. And believe it or not, there still is a frontier of freedom. It just happens to be surrounded by a 60-acre property surrounded by a wall and a barbed... Is it barbed wire that they have up? What do they got up to... Keep the I'm riff sure there's out. some barbed wire, uh, some razor wire, concertia, mm-hmm. Constantine, whatever, whatever it's called, um, somewhere. But I couldn't tell you where. They've got just regular. Walls. There's a wall. There's a fence. Apparently, uh, yeah. keeping uh, keeping the scum out from uh, Honduras, out of Morazan dot city. M O R A Z A N. There's more, Mark. I think that you're going to tell us about here. We ended mm-hmm. up talking about sort of the international scene for uh, Spanish speaking libertarianism with the uh, the rise of Javier Millay, the Argentinian presidential candidate, who, according to uh, the pro- the the primary election results is the current front runner to potentially be the new president in a country that is also have a problem with a bunch of socialists for the last hundred years that has absolutely destroyed its economic strength. Uh, and uh, there's a really excellent interview by Tucker Carlson from a couple of days ago where he interviewed Javier Malay. So check that one out if you get the chance. Uh, it's Ian Peacos Mountaineer and Mark here tonight. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash. Dash is digital cash. It's a cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. And Dash is uh, actually, that's the point of it, is to actually use it for buying and selling things. The U.S. dollar, of course, 
is constantly being inflated. So if you're ready to get out from underneath the crushing dollar or the Argentinian peso or whatever central bank currency you're saddled with in your geographic area, you could live your life on Dash, but you probably need to use some tools like these websites I'm going to mention to you here. And uh, BitRefill.com is one of them. They've been accepting Dash for years, and they have a ton of big-name retailers and brands on their site uh, for gift cards including grocers, gas stations, phone refills, Amazon, and even prepaid MasterCards. Plus, many of their gift cards are available at a discount. So with just bitrefill.com, you can get a lot of your shopping done. Now, BitRefill can't pay your bills for you, but Spritz.Finance can handle that, and they can even send dollars to your bank account if you're in the United States. I don't think it's available, uh, that feature, outside of the U.S. at Spritz.Finance. But in case you still need dollars for some reason, Spritz.Finance can help you do a cash out there with your Dash. Uh, Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets as well. It's easy to get. It's easy to use Dash. You can start by learning more at Dash.org. And thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. You can visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. That is Dash.org. So, Mark, uh, where are we at in this story about Morazon.city, this 60-square-acre uh, this or 60-acre property that has a couple of hundred people living on it. There are 64 apartments there that are completely full. They're building another 64 soon. It's all of $120 a month uh, to do this thing. But as you pointed out, they're not really trying to attract money from outside of Honduras. They're not really, they don't really care if people move in from outside of Honduras. They know their bread and butter is the people of Honduras who are coming in to live there, That and like 95 99% of the population there. There's only a handful of people that have come in from elsewhere uh, to live in this community because it's got safety, it's got armed guards, uh, and it's got a lot of economic freedoms. Yeah, it's, it's basically, in many ways, the opposite side of the coin from the Free State Project in New Hampshire. Mm. Free State Project in New Hampshire needs libertarians to move there and uh, you know give their, their, their time and their their money and their energy to turning New Hampshire libertarian. Whereas this was a contra- uh, negotiated contract between um, a business and the government of Honduras that they be able to open up, and they did, and a libertarian said, I'm going to create a libertarian city, and this is what it's going to look like. So the population of libertarians inside of Morazan, very, very low, and they're mostly hmm. there for their own reasons, not uh, you know, maybe to enrich themselves because they like the uh, the jurisdiction or whatever. But most of it's just families that want to enjoy safety and um, you know, basically safety. Would you say that the Hondurans that are there uh, again? You've spent some time there, a couple weeks here and there, right, over the last year, basically. Yeah, I, I mean, in probably a few weeks over the course of uh, a couple of years. What's the longest stretch you've stayed in Morazan? Five days. Five days. Um, do you have get any feeling that the people that are there? You said they're not necessarily libertarian. Are they apolitical? Are they these just working families who just, just don't give a families. damn what's going on with politics? And there's no politics in the city, right? There's no elections for mayor. It's a private city. It's run by a private company, and they decide who's running the thing, right? Right. There's no politics in the city because not that you can't. You know, all the people in the city could go out and vote for the uh, the government um, mm-hmm. out there, and they probably do. But Honduras kind of gets whipped up for a few weeks every four years, 
uh, you know, everybody cares very, very deeply about their political party at that time. Like they're, you know, they love soccer. They love, uh, you know, their politics at that moment in time. And then everybody goes back to the normal um, day in, day out. Uh, the government's corrupt and we're trying to make a living here without, uh, you know, getting having to deal with red tape, just like everybody else does everywhere else in the world. Another privilege, going on with uh, Joyce Brand's article here at free-cities.org, another privilege of Zeta is to regulate the use of currency in its jurisdiction. Hmm. In line with its commitment to the freedom of its tenants, Ciudad Morazan leaves the issue of currency unregulated so that any two parties can use whatever money they prefer for their transactions. This means wait a minute, that, wait a minute. I thought that, okay, let, so. Let me finish up. This okay. means that the alternative currencies like cryptocurrencies can be used by willing traders but cannot be mandated by legal tender laws. Okay, so you said it's $120 a month to pay for this apartment. Is it also payable in cryptocurrency is uh the limpira isn't that the honduran currency is yep. it being charged i mean these people don't have dollars do they are they paying limpira uh, limpira for their rents how's that work so um actually i'm involved uh in setting up a uh stable coin there in morazan so it's called the elimp and we you know allow people to pay their rent through our bank uh by using these elimps. And so the businesses that we, we require that, say, the pulperia, mm-hmm. not require, but the, the pulperia has to accept our elimps so that it can then use it to pay bills, power, and that sort of thing through our bank. And it's an interface. I'm confused. You're saying these people have to pay rent with cryptocurrency? Nope. Yeah, you, you did say they have to accept this, we, uh, but you don't mean they are required to. It's just they are, it's in their best interest to accept this because they can pay you in it? No. The uh, What I'm trying to say is is that the pulperia, that's is a convenience store. The uh-huh. convenience store has to, ex- uh, if they want to use the e-limp to pay us to, to pay their stuff and get the discount that we offer, they have to accept the e-limp um, in order What's to get What's the discount? It. Uh-huh. It's, it's low. It's like 2 or 3%. But what is it a discount on? I'm not clear on what you're referring, what you're referring to. We're trying to get people to use the the e-limp so that uh, the we rent. can catch, capture that market. So they have uh, like 2 3% uh, lower rent cost if they pay you in e-limps. That's right. And oh. and the uh, the agreement is that if we're going to give you this discount, then you have to accept this if someone hmm. wants to use it to pay for your products. Okay, but otherwise, Mark, just to be clear... Somebody can go and live on this uh, place, this Morazan city, and they can just pay normal Impera for rent, or do they have to pay in dollars? I'm not really clear on how the they, rent is No paid. one can pay in dollars. I mean, no one pays in dollars. Uh, Hondurans okay. are walking around with do- right, pockets right. full of so dollars. So when you say $120 a month, you're converting I'm talking to an American right, right. and okay. using his currency. Okay. You know, in the same way that I wouldn't tell you that uh, the temperatures there mm-hmm. in... Morazan can reach as high as 32, 33, 34, 35 sometimes. <laughs> Does the uh, 35? I know. Well, that's above freezing. <laughs> right. Does the uh Morazan people do they take alternatives besides the Limpira and the Elimpira? Um I'm sure you, you can pay t- in Bitcoin. There's some people there that would certainly allow you to take Bitcoin, but why would you want to? I don't know. I mean maybe you like Bitcoin and you want to spend or You can or, Dash for, for those of, for those of you who want to, you can. Mm-hmm. But okay. Dash is a solution for people in Argentina whose government is inflating mm-hmm. to beat the band. Whereas, um, you know, that's not happening in Honduras right now. So it's what not really a solution like to there? a problem. Do you know? It's uh, the 
Honduran lempira has been equal to about 25 lempiras to $1 mm-hmm. for as long as I've been wow. paying attention. Okay. So they're tracking U.S. So they're they're inflating inflation. about as much as the U.S. Right. I see. Hmm. Well, they're not in. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So, um, and the, that's an impressively stable currency. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's pretty impressive. I want to go to the phones here. We got a caller from somewhere in New Hampshire. Go ahead. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi, this is Alex calling in. Oh, hey, Alex. Morazon. I guess you're not in New Hampshire. The phone number's from New Hampshire, but you're calling us from Morazon City. Welcome. Yeah, from the freest city on earth, arguably. <laughs> I'd say it's inarguable. Who's, what, who, make another argument. I tell you, but uh, I have to kill you. The other Zeti in Honduras, Crossborough. <laughs> how many? How many people? Free. How many housing units do they have? Uh, they have one house inside the Zeti. <laughs> so but they're a little behind. To be fair, they're building the tallest building in their location, and it should be ready in a matter of months. Yes. Wow. And so there's going to be the rates is on. And there's going and, to be uh, condominiums. I think you mentioned this last night, Mark. Yeah. The Prospera is the one on the island called Roatan. Uh, which is the largest of the Honduran islands, as I understand it, former like pirate island from way back in the day. Kind <laughs> Coxon of, Hole yeah, is the uh, the capital. It's what got, was that? Coxon Hole. I C-O-X-E-N, love it. C O X E N. Just to be clear, C O X E N. Yes, yeah. Coxon Hole. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so that's where Prospera is located. Uh, and it is uh, completely kind of a different thing. You're doing, uh, there's no apartments there, right? These are actual condominiums that they're looking to sell to people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is the beautiful thing about the free cities movement. It's not that each city is going to be your libertarian utopia. It's that the libertarian utopia is being able to pick among hopefully thousands of competing cities. And, and that the is the libertarian utopia because we don't we yeah. don't propose that we know everything. We propose that the best solutions come out of competition. Yeah, I I look forward to the day where these economic zones are not special at all mm-hmm. because it's just like that all over the place. Well, you got a long way to go because obviously the special economic zone legislation has been repealed in Honduras, so somehow that's going to have to be re brought back or something reinitiated. And in order for this to become, you know, expand beyond two or three different uh, options. But still, it's exciting to hear about what's happening even within these small areas. When Jorge Colindres is elected on this melee wave that, melee wave that comes through, mm-hmm. uh, Honduras will be completely free. Well, we'll see about that. I appreciate well, I'll your optimism. Push back and say that uh, misconception about the Zedis is they must be contiguous and in a single location. Hmm. So actually, Prospera has a hub on the mainland as well in La Ceiba, which was where the banana companies were back in the day. So you can actually have Zetis spread out. It must be in a coastal province, Mm -hmm. a province with the ocean. Great. But there's thousands and thousands of square kilometers where they could expand out across the Honduran coastline. You're saying they can do this even though the thing has been repealed? They can still expand their property, according to you? Yes. All right. Also, that that Saba property that you're mentioning there... Go ahead, I'm sorry. The issue right now is that the government is not fully adhering to the law. I'm shocked. Any prop... Yeah. It (laughs) happens in the U.S. It happens everywhere. Yeah, it does. Uh, Well... There's, uh, unlike the U.S., 
Crossbar can sue for $11 billion in international court. Is that and happening? If they win, this is happening as we speak. So the, the suit is, progressing. is going forward. Okay, I didn't know this because I've heard this. Mark, you were the one who made this claim about this international court. And when I looked it up, from, from what I saw, the international court only deals with nation states. So I could not understand how Prospera or Morazon or any of these uh, non-nation state entities could bring a suit because it has to be nation states bringing suits against one another, as I understand it. No, if you were damaged, so there's a U.S. CAFTA free trade agreement, and this is the court that will hear it. And United if you States? were an investor, um, I believe the court has a U.S. location. I'm not sure. Ah, see, I was looking presence, at the international it, court, which is in I, the Hague. I must have told him the wrong one then, because no, uh, no, that was my this, understanding. This is a different one. Okay. Oh. Uh, there's a U.S. investor protection treaty, basically, that creates a court to hear investor disputes. Huh. So in regions with re- weak rule of law, uh, American companies are concerned what happens if the government changes and they mm-hmm. ignore all of our legal agreements. Well, why would so Honduras have? Uh, and why would Honduras Honduras care if you went to a U.S. court? Do they have some sort of treaty with the United Tasta? States? Tasta, you haven't heard of that? I've yeah. heard of it. Von Central it American is. Free Trade Agreement. They've already signed on to it mm-hmm. and agreed decades ago to it. Oh, yes. Yeah, so if this court rules in Prospero's favor, which is extremely likely, hmm. like because it's a third-party court. And the Hondurans will claim this is an imperialist court that favors U.S. interests. <laughs> Bananas and stuff. <laughs> so whether that's true or not, you can get the kind of prediction that the Hondurans think. What happens what if the happen. court rules in the favor of Prospera? They will award some amount of damages to Prospera due mm-hmm. to the lost investment they occurred. Right. So Prospera is arguing that. The government not adhering to the law fully. They still acknowledge that the Zedi exists and granted some of its rights, but they harass it in little areas where they can subtly and okay. pretend that they're not. Because it's if not they were that to subtle. explicitly <laughs> say, if they were to roll in the tanks and say this is not a legitimate zone, then it would be a very easy court case and a very fast court case by kind of pretending like when their their customs agent goes on maternity leave. And air quotes, mm-hmm. they can say, well, it happens to anyone. You know, what are we supposed to do? We don't discriminate here. We protect women's rights. So they use tricks like that that are like, And when well, you say you their know, customs agent's going on leave, that means Prospera can't get anything imported because the woman who would normally do the job isn't there? Is that the idea? Yeah, they lose their tax-free exemptions. Also, now, the other I mean, but the customs agent in Morazan's never showed up. Uh, yeah, the customs agent in Morazan has had a few absent days. <laughs> the customs a agent few. and a, a third, a third Zeddy, they export containers every week. Hmm. So it's like a very delicate dance, and the government will say, "No, look, the other Zeddies, Morazan's never had any customs taxes de- denied. Like they have all of their customs rights to date. Now it doesn't import or export very often because of the fear that they may have it." So companies are hesitant. Prospera has had the explicit issue where they have had to pay tax when they shouldn't. And the third Zeddy, they're just moving weight every week. So it's like the government will try to argue it's just the maternity leave. The other Zeddies don't have this issue. 
Okay, and so then the prosper lawyers will say this is preposterous. Like mm-hmm. you have to provide this by law. Where You're is this case right now? You said it's in this uh, U.S. CAFTRA. It's in arbitration court. currently, um, and the the government yeah. of Honduras is dragging its feet through arbitration in hopes that they can, um, you know, basically bilk the Honduran people out of as much money as they can, get out of office, and then go live in London, hmm. Panama City, or wherever. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, speak for the government, but some have made that hypothesis, yes, that some by like delaying me. it, they can have a, another administration deal with the problem. How long can they delay? How long is this expected to take, this whole thing? I think it should be finished within two years. Okay. What's your sentence going to be, Ian? <laughs> I have no idea, Mark. Okay. <laughs> That's the actual <laughs> answer to the question. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm curious to how long this U.S. court uh, is going to take to deal with this international issue. It seems like a pretty big deal. So what you're saying is if Prosper is successful, the Honduran government will then take Honduran tax dollars and hand billions of them over to the Probably to Prospera. Probably not. No. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, it's going to be a little more complicated than that. And there's a lot of precedents with these type of cases. So usually what will happen is the government will refuse to pay and Mm. to see what happens. And then what happened in Argentina's case famously is they just started seizing Argentine ships because Argentina had a state-owned shipping company. So anytime their ship landed in a foreign port, they would just seize the ships. Same thing, a naval vessel docks in a foreign port, they just seize the the battleship. And by they, you're saying the United States federal government? Uh, the no, creditors. The creditors. So probably uh, what would happen is Prospera would sell off its interest to a specialized firm. The beauty of market specialization, there's firms that this is their whole business. They'll buy up these claims for 50 cents on the dollar or some discount, and then they'll collect the money themselves. Prospera will get their money right away at the discounted rate, and then they'll use all of their connections and skills to pursue these and just Against the government of Honduras, Honduras. correct. Yeah, any asset of the Honduran government. And wow, that sounds really complicated and dangerous, in addition, <laughs> theoretically. In, a, in addition, Honduras receives a lot of foreign aid. Something like mm. 10% or more of its GDP is foreign aid. Wow. And these foreign the foreign aid can be seized as well. So if really? the UN or World Bank or whatever is writing like a check to Honduras, but these creditors have the right to have any of they the money. They can insert themselves government. into that. That's interesting. Yeah, because it's it's overseas. So Honduran mm-hmm. won't give its own assets willingly in country. They're going to tell them to pound sand. <laughs> it's it's also worth mentioning the Zetes don't want to take money from Hondurans. Right, because they want to just run peacefully without the government interfering at every step, acting like a bunch of glue, a bunch of sand in the wheels. Well, right, because taking money from the taxpayers is going to look bad for them. It's going to allow the current government to say, look what these people are doing to you. Well, but the thing is, like any mafia, if you want them to act in a certain way, you have to hit their bottom line. Mm -hmm. End of story. Yeah, they've they've been forced into this position. Yeah, basically, no doubt. I agree, but they don't want it. Mm-hmm. They never wanted it. What's it like, uh, Alex? You're down there in Morazan. Uh, how long have you been there? What's the? I, as I understand it, you've been there for some time. When when? Uh, what's your longest stretch there in Morazan? Uh, like without leaving, yeah. probably 
40 days. 40 days. In the 45 hectares or so of the, the territory. He's just talking about the, okay, and, hold on. Accepting <laughs> two-week trips to, say, some, to the United States to get mm-hmm. uh, medical treatment or something like that. How long have you been in Morrison? Uh, I've been in Morrison since early 2022. I think that's the wow. way to answer So that more question. than a year. Yeah. Almost, uh, yeah. Almost two years, maybe a year and seven months. Wow, really? That's really cool. What is it like? I mean, what's, you know, the day-to-day? I mean, how how are you liking it there? Well, like most places, you have your little box that you live in. It's hooked mm-hmm. up with internet, electricity, and all of that. It's just much cheaper here and much more, I don't know, it's the frontier. You have the excitement. Let me ask you Things this question. Going on. Who is right Besides, um, you know, Honduran factory workers, who's right for Morazan? Because I don't have a good answer for this. I don't think that I'm even right for it. Hmm. Yeah, I call Morazan bootstrap city. I think Morazan is for people trying to bootstrap their businesses, their family, or their life. If From the Western context, that's someone who's trying to go someplace cheap. They have some podcast or online business that's making $700, $1,000 a month. They want to take it to the next level. They need someplace cheap where they can hunker down and grow. Maybe they can hire some local talent for a few hundred dollars a month to be their assistant. Hmm. They want low taxes and just focus on growing their business. Same thing. Maybe they want a, a foreign wife, a dating market where they're more competitive. If you want to start a family and pursue those things. It's a good place to do that as well. Mm-hmm. And the same thing applies to uh, Honduran businesses who are a little bit larger, trying to compete with multinational companies. You want to bootstrap from being a small business to a big business. You can get the labor and tax benefits the Zeti offer. And Honduran individuals who they can barely make it, they come to Morazon, they can now save for the first time in their life, mm. have a little bit of safety, and have a little bit of hope so that's what I think is the and ideal. The hardest working people client. you're going to meet. Hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, exactly. Was there anything else you wanted to share, Alex? Um, yeah, I just wanted to make people more aware of Morazon and that there's other free city projects in the way. So for all of you that are living in the U.S. and losing hope, there's no need. The future is bright. Keep your eyes open. More coming soon. All right. Very good. Thank you for the update. Thanks for calling in here tonight from uh, Morazon. We got more on the way. Some calls on the line. We'll go to your phone calls uh, coming up. The number 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. We're taking off Join the show. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Uh, we got Snow Crash commenting in our Odyssey chat, which, by the way, is members only at this point. So if you had gone into our Odyssey channel a few weeks ago and you were turned off by the negativity in there, well... All those people are gone because they're not willing to give us a one red cent in order to stay in the chat room. Thank goodness. Uh, so if you're willing to spend five bucks a month on the show, you can go to video.freetalklive.com. Click the join button there and you can join as a uh, supporter of our Odyssey channel. 
That's where we stream video out to. It's one of the places we stream video to. Snowcrash says in there, regarding our discussion about uh, the Honduran special or autonomous economic zones, he says, fascinating regarding the international free trade agreements, Prospera and Morazan, Prospera selling its potential future claims and hitting Honduras government hard for screwing around with the Zedes. Can you get Alex back for updates later on, too? And Alex has called before. He's, Alex has been a host. He has been a host <laughs> of the show. Uh, in fact, uh, I, I'm surprised you haven't had him, had him on your show yet to fill in for Henry or something like that, because I know you you guys have done Free Talk Live multiple times together. But uh, So there you go. There's a request for Alex to come back and continue updating on Morazan. Again, he's called in many times in the past, and I would love to hear more about what's going on uh, at Morazan City. Yeah, um, I'll have Alex back on in the future. The best way to get all the shows is go to freetalklive.com and sign up for the podcast. Uh, there is, of course, a website. It's M-O-R-A-Z-A-N dot city. I don't know if they post updates or anything M-O-R-A-Z-A-N. like that. M-O-R-A-Z-A-N. Thank you. M-O-R-A-Z-A-N dot city. Um, there's a lot more that we can talk about, but we also have some other news to get into, yeah. like what's happening in Canada. I feel like we've dug pretty deep on this here tonight. Uh, so we go to your phone calls and thoughts here, starting with Skeeter in California. You're on Free Talk Live, Skeeter. Yo, it's your boy, the swagmonger, young Skeet. He, uh, I'm here to prove that uh, secession is theft and uh, libertarians are first world uh, crybaby spoiled brats. That are worse than your average entitled communist. You guys aren't. You guys uh, aren't libertarians. Uh, you're spoiled bratitarians, the true gangsters of the world. You guys want to abuse the benevolent gift of citizenship and steal the fruits <laughs> of democracy. The so benevolent gift Skeeter, of your obedience I'm shall a not be annoyed. abused. And I'm not even against theft per se, because I don't believe in the non-aggression principle. But the problem is, you guys do, which makes you guys hypocrites. Well, let me ask you this about the citizenship uh, of the United States. Don't you think that it's unfair that you, the United States is the only citizenship in the world where you've got to continue to file taxes, no, file your income tax, no matter where you live? So if I move to Honduras and I've lived there for five years and I've still got to continue to file a tax form to the IRS, but if you I was from Canada, if I was from Great Britain, if I was from Honduras, any other place, if I move and I leave, they don't expect me to pay for the roads in a country I don't live in. They don't expect me to pay for the military to protect the borders of a country I don't live in. They don't expect me to do that. But the United States does. One simple solution, Mark. Renounce your citizenship and stop crying. Well, if I renounce my citizenship, I'll never be able to get back in the U.S., Exactly. And you know how valuable your citizenship is. It allows you to travel to Honduras in the first place. Well, uh, the United States also uses its you- uh, its its uh, power in the world. Most of the airline flights go through the U.S. So you're going to stop off in Atlanta. You're going to stop off in Miami. You're going to stop off in LaGuardia. You're going to yeah. stop off in L.A. And you have to have a visa just to travel through. Now, they're the only country in the world that I know of that this is required. And it's really? another unique aspect to the United States. And I think that it is kind of despicable oh yeah that's the rules mark if you don't like it you can renounce right? well what I about mean, the people who can't what, pass through invalid. i have a friend who, who is from germany but she can't come through touch the united states soil because she visited uh cuba one time <laughs> and now she can't travel through Miami, so wow. she has to pay more in flights to go through like panama city or you know some other variety of places 
That's just the rules. You just got to, that's a package deal with all the benefits you receive from uh, the benefits. That's what bureaucrats always say. She doesn't get any benefits. I get benefits, but I could renounce them if you, like you said, I could renounce the U.S. citizenship. And by the way, during COVID, the United States embassies shut down for three years and just basically didn't let anybody renounce because those are the rules. You signed up for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's just the rules. Uh, okay, you've repeated yourself now I mean, you, five you times. Did you have anything new to say? Yeah, so you guys first, the secession is theft, because all of you guys agreed Secession last night. is theft. Yeah, secession is theft. Who's the even victim? Even Mark said. Even Mark understands. He said it. I, I didn't say secession it. is theft, no. No, I say that I caught you, I, I caught you saying uh, the fact that you got you guys got to realize all us territories ultimately owned by the federal government and the us citizenship collective right i, I think you agree that, with that mark i look that is functionally the way things go yes exactly and if you're yeah. going to fight it and spend all of your life fighting it you can fight gravity you can fight very difficult things i say just move and be free yeah why move, is secession theft can you please explain because okay so first Mark Mark agrees that U.S. territory is the U.S. citizenship collective because we are the, ultimately the government, right? No, 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 that's totally no, no. false. Yeah, I, I will yeah. not agree yeah, with that, that statement. Yeah, you we, are not the we government. Our electives. Well, uh, uh, Skeeter, that? can I vote for you for president? I have to run first. Well, the problem is, is that nobody will ever be successful in running except crooked old perverts. <laughs> well, that's the system. I mean, I, I know I I mean, that's just, what's so awful about it. Look, I get it. The system's in place. There's nothing you're going to do to change it. But that doesn't make it good. No, but that's the thing that's he's defending. That, that's what you're defending well, here. When it's the best alternative, why are you complaining? It may How be, dare you complain you about something that could possibly be better? It's not the best alternative. There are Compared places to what? There are places that you can go that you will live a better life, and I have. No, that's after you get rich in the United States, right? That's after you probably accumulated wealth, and then now you're just going somewhere where it's cheaper to live. The not U.S. is a great income. place to accumulate not where, wealth. Not where you can. What was that? It's a great place to accumulate wealth. You're right. Uh, Singapore is way where more is economically free, according to the uh, various different studies on economic freedom out there. There are, I think, uh, like like a dozen other countries that are more economically free. Than the United States. Including Canada, if that makes any sense. So, uh, thank you for the call tonight, Skeeter. I don't know. I I I think what he was going to say, he never really gets to his point, uh, but I think what he was going to say is that he thinks secession is theft because then we won't be paying for the U.S. military that'll be keeping us safe in New Hampshire when New Hampshire secedes. Which is, of course, a completely different view than what most people have. A lot of people have the view that the U.S. military will actually crush uh, any state that secedes from the United States. Yeah. Will actually come I in and, and bomb it. And to be it. fair, there might be just a miscommunication on the nature of theft. So uh, what Mark has pointed out is that de facto they run these places. Yeah, they own. This, they de facto own them. Yeah, this this organization runs all of these places. That's just the way that things currently are. May not be the way they always will be, but it's the way they are now. The thing is, that's not how theft works. The way theft works is whether you actually have a real claim to the thing. So now, if I steal your stuff, I control it, but I still stole it from you. Now, Mm -hmm. if Mark then steals that stuff from me, he hasn't actually committed theft from me because I had no real claim to it. If you got your claim to land through revolution, 
and lose your claim to land through revolution? I mean, live by the sword, die by the sword. I wouldn't call that theft. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call secession theft. I think it's an interesting little line, though. You know, you're like, saying that, hey, secession is theft. Just to clarify what you're mm-hmm. saying here, Peakless, mm-hmm. though, you're saying that everything the government people have is stolen, mm-hmm. and so there's no way that you can be guilty of theft from taking from something from right. them. Right, exactly. And even in their own legal system, the foundation of property law is the fact that they dominated this area. That was why one of the first cases was uh, whether or not, uh, I forget which tribe it was, uh, but there was a tribe who was saying, hey, we've you know lived here forever, and we gave this company the right to use this land, and since we have a better claim and a prior claim to you on this land and its use, you are not allowed to tell this company it can't use this land. But in that court case, they found that since they dominated them, they cannot acknowledge their claim. Hmm. It's like, okay, we took dominion over this. We conquered this space. And as a conqueror, we cannot say that you still own it. Hmm. So the property right is ours through conquest. Might makes right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The The foundation of the legal system is, in fact, might makes right. If you conquer, you are the rightful owner in our legal system. Yeah, I mean, when New Hampshire secedes from the United States, uh, who knows what that's going to look like as far as whatever kind of a- arrangement that they negotiate with the U.S. government, like, oh, there's an Air Force base here, there's, you know, federal Sounds lands. like a fantasy world, but all right. Well, I'm sure people said that about leaving the uh, the king back in the day. And they certainly but, said that about the end of slavery. Yeah. They did it an entirely different way, and the world you'll, – you'll note that – Yeah, they went violent violently. Re- violent revolutions don't work uh, as well as they used to. Not nearly well, no as well. No one here is proposing you a violent – You mean they used to work? Uh, well, that's how secession. the United States came into being. It, mm-hmm. you know, Guys in blue coats shoved bayonets through guys in red yes, coats. And we're going to do mm-hmm. it peacefully this time around. So when it actually happens, and it happens on a peaceful basis, it's going to be hard to say exactly how all that's going to shake out. Like, what happens to the military base? There's an Air Force base on the seacoast, for instance. I, it's barely there, though. I mean, they really don't use it for uh, much much stuff. I mean, like some... It's there, though. Well, what about so it has Space be... Force, Mark? What are we yeah. going to do with Space Force? It has to be figured out. Those things have to be uh, ironed out. I don't know if people are going to ask the federal thugs for some sort of quote-unquote protection or what they'd be willing to trade in relation to that. But what I think Skeeter has said in recent days is he just believes that simply because we would exist in the northern hemisphere or whatever that we we would would... automatically receive the benevolent protection of the United States. You mean like Toronto does? And that yes. that, therefore, is quote-unquote But Toronto theft. has made an agreement with that organization, and as such, they are entitled to that protection. Well, I suppose a legal secession would be uh, agreeable in that way. I just don't think that it's ever going to happen. I think it's a pipe dream. Well, and... Well, as far as the argument goes, and he's never responded to this, I have pointed out how I have way, way more enemies because of the United States federal government Mm -hmm. than I ever could possibly have gotten through my entire life without that. That's why so many Americans pretend to be Canadian when they travel abroad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Canada, I do actually have something in the news uh, about that coming up here. And uh, let's just jump right into it from aljazeera.com. I saw a clip today. They don't actually have it in this article, but they got some quotes from Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in Canada announcing that he is going to be cracking down on grocery chains if they don't take steps to control rising food prices. 
Trudeau? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, why does he go after moms? Uh, you They're know, next. Taking, yeah, They're mo- next. Moms, what are you doing spending this much money yeah. on groceries? Well, that's what the grocery store sells them at. Grocery stores, what are you doing spending this? That's what the distributors sell it at. Distributors, what are you doing? That's because your government has been printing money like a bunch of drunken sailors. Sorry, drunken sailors. Trudeau's- oh, so you figured out plan B there. <laughs> so he said the heads of the five largest supermarket chains, including uh, Walmart and Costco, would be asked, asked to come up with a plan to address rising prices before Thanksgiving, which I didn't know Canada had Thanksgiving. Yeah, but- it's in October. Oh, they have a different Thanksgiving. Yeah. There. Ah, okay. So sooner rather than later. It's Thanksgiving, eh? Trudeau, who is facing questions about his leadership amid sagging public approval, also announced that sales tax would be waived for the construction of new rental apartments as part of measures to address cost of living concerns. He said, quote, if their plan doesn't provide real relief for the middle class and people working hard to join it, then we will take further action and we are not ruling anything out, including tax measures. So, because people are spending or paying too much, according to the government, at the grocery store, the solution is to threaten to make those people pay even more if the grocery store doesn't do some sort of magic. <laughs> magic. And lower prices that can't really be done. Because as you alluded to in the beginning of the show when we mentioned this, Peakless Mountaineer, and I've never worked in the business of groceries, but I've always heard this, that... While there may be some items that there's a larger margin on, the bulk of the items, the overall margins within grocery on average is like 2%. Yeah, Yeah, there's like barely anything. They make money on volume. Mm -hmm. They make money on a lot of people coming in, buying a lot of stuff. That's how they can pay their, uh, their bills and pay their employees and keep operating. They're not making 50%. They're not making 20%. It's more like 2% or something yeah, it like kinda that. It kind of reminds me of uh, when Biden called upon the gas station owners to lower their prices. <laughs> as if that was how any of this works. How'd that work out, by the way? Gas prices are right now, I believe, record. Rock bottom. Just near. rock bottom. So cheap and getting yeah. cheaper. No. Just way cheaper now that uh, Russia and uh, Saudi Arabia have decided to turn off the floodgates. <laughs> right. Oh, and Saudi Arabia joining BRICS now uh-huh. too, as well. It says the national average for gas prices is $3.87 per gallon with... Um, California, of course, leading the way. Why wouldn't they? Um, they always so. do. It's yeah. some sort of like quarterly. I forget what the there was a headline within the last twenty four hours that the current prices aren't like a record high high for all time, but they're like for this time of year or something. There's mm. some new record that that got set by this particular pricing that's yeah, uh, that that's figure. out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's just remember when it comes to gas. Gas prices are how many Americans determine how the economy is doing. Um, and th- that's a fine measure if that's what you want to use. But it is in the interest of Republicans, essentially, at this time to say the economy sucks and it's going to suck the whole time Democrats are in. <laughs> right. Now, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying it's in their interest to say so. 
It's just the implication that's wrong. They and it's imply in the dem- that it will stop sucking when they're in power, right. which it has never. And, and well, they forget that Donald Trump signed the very first $2 trillion spending bill that kicked off this recent mm-hmm. round of inflation. And Absolutely. look, you make whatever arguments you want to make. I mean, I'd say that generally the economy is usually doing better when the Republicans are in than when the Democrats are. But the Democrats would say that's because the economy is a trailing indicator for pol- policy. And the Democrats uh, you know, have always had to deal with the Republicans. Republicans' policies, which ruin the economy, and the Republicans tr- are always cranking up the spending while they're in there too. Yeah. I mean, I don't believe that. I think you better. probably have a lower price on goods from Republicans because they tend to be very, very oil friendly. That brings gas prices down. That brings shipping prices down. That brings goods prices down. But they are just as happy to print an ungodly sum of money as the Democrats, and that right. brings all prices up. Mm-hmm. Democrats are tax and spend. Republicans are deficit, deficit and spend, is the old saying. Right. And just remember, people who are talking about a good economy right now are playing into the hands of the Democrats. So you never know what to believe. That's because we have a political adversarial political system, ladies and gentlemen, that incentivizes lying. So basically what you have happening in Canada right now is very similar to what has happened here in the United States within the last couple of years where the political class is blaming everybody but themselves for the problems that the people of Canada are facing. And I... I think it was Peter St. Ange, uh, Professor St. Ange on Twitter. He does a really great daily three-minute-long update about economic things. There was one where he did focus on Canada a few weeks ago, and he played a clip of a lady. There's been a few of these. There's some in the U.S. and in Canada as well, but probably more than a few. But I've, I've seen you know a handful. Uh, but uh, this lady in her car... You know, doing like the selfie thing with her, her video device and just going off on how difficult her life is and i don't know if she was like a single mom or whatever her circumstances but it's getting more difficult she's going to have to move in with you know roommates she can barely put food on the table she's applying for her third job and she's talking about moving to the united states because she heard it's better down in the united in the united states than it is in canada so the suggestion was that the canadian people are having it they're getting it even harder on the chin uh, than the people in in the United States. Oh yeah, and well, and I absolutely of- I absolutely would agree with that because what what is happening right now uh, seems to be a massive power struggle in terms of uh, central banks. So the, and that has a lot to do with the whole uh, Fed uh, Fed rate hiking. So every mm. time the Fed funds rate hikes. Everywhere else in the world has to respond to that. And then hike as well. Right. And more or less, they have to hike as well. The uh, the exceptions being uh, China and Japan. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Japan is suffering mightily from their choosing not to hike. And China is just kind of on a completely different system because, you know, communism Mm -hmm. and and the the European zone. And as a result, the uh, uh, the Dominion of uh, Canada is is suffering quite a bit of of extra pain from that. So I wouldn't be surprised at all about that. And just real quick, two things that uh, that have uh, popped up on my radar as real concerns. Uh, one, we have the uh, the uh, the uh, f- uh, open market committee uh, of the Federal Reserve uh, is announcing whether or not they'll hike that rate again, and the market is not ready for it if they hike that. Like, there's a 5% chance that is priced in in the current market, and I strongly suspect that he is going to hike that rate, because we are seeing an increase in, uh, even if it's a small increase, in uh, in our inflation, 
and we are seeing great jobs numbers, and that's his dual mandate. They want to get rid of those jobs, right? Right. He wants to get he wants to get rid of jobs so he can bring down the inflation because people won't have the money to spend. So the entire market is thoroughly prepared for him to just keep the rate right where it is. And if he surprises them, you might see some serious shocks in the market this time. Hmm. Now, if he does keep it the, the way that it is, the next thing coming down the pipe that I'm concerned about is in October uh, that forgiveness of student loans expires. And like half of the students, didn't that get put on hold? It's, sounds, yeah, that, it's not still forgiveness. On hold. It's it's just a you know suspension yeah. of payments. Right, mm-hmm. uh, payments are suspended until October. Ah, okay, okay, right. And so, and the on, forgiveness thing got turned over. Right, yeah. they were going to do no like ten grand. That's not happening. Yeah. and all the people that owe this uh, money to colleges, of course, they've been putting money away to uh, prepare for the times when they have to pay for the school that they got, and they're going to be, um, you know, they're going to have to start paying that in October. No, no, absolutely they not. They haven't been putting any money away. They're, They've been spending the, it. Consumer debt is uh, skyrocketing. Record highs. And yeah. these people haven't been saving anything. Yeah, consumer debt, uh, credit card rollovers are mm-hmm. are at record levels. Like, it, it's an absolute mess. But we haven't quite hit the tipping point, and these are a couple of events that might knock us over that, because Don't. there's there's this uh, knock-on effect as soon as half the students aren't able to pay their debts, because of course they're not. Mm-hmm. And then that that makes the credit crunch even harder. How are you going to pay your debt when the average uh, rent is about to hit $3,000 for the first time ever? In history, right. we have record high. It's like $2,800 right now, which probably is a record high on its own. So Can it's you like, imagine? Yeah. Do I pay my credit card? Do I pay my student loan debt? Do I pay my rent? Right. I can't pay all of them. Then there's a credit crunch that comes from that. you got to pay for the then house. Then the commercial real estate starts suffering even further. So we it's have some serious problems ugly, coming down the For pipe. sure. Uh, but they're going to force grocers to, uh, I don't know, do what exactly? In- Change the laws of physics. Yeah. <laughs> are we looking at price controls? He didn't say that, but he said, quote, we are not ruling anything out. More coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Phones are open. Uh, we were talking about the Canadian thugs, the government goons up there, threatening grocers now, saying they want the grocers to do something about the rising food prices. Of course, they can't do anything about that because they're barely making any money as it is. That is the grocery business. That is the nature of that business. They are subject to whatever it is the eggs cost or whatever it is the meat costs or whatever it is that you know they're putting on the shelves. They have to pay the price of their wholesaler, and the wholesalers have to pay the price to the farmers and you know the truckers and everybody else that, that's involved here. And uh, I always wonder when they do this, what is the percentage of people who know that's not how it works, but it makes great politics? And what's the percentage of them that actually buy their own propaganda mm. about, no, no, it's the business owners that set the prices? We just need to threaten them with uh, anything, including taxes. He says, we're not ruling out anything, including tax measures, if they don't take action by Thanksgiving, which according to Mark is in Canada mm. in October. I'll tell you one thing they're not <laughs> ruling out. 
a central bank digital currency with a uh, UBI on it. Mm-hmm. A nice universal basic income so you can afford your food. That's definitely something the Bank of uh, Canada, is it, mm-hmm. I think, is going to be promoting at some point. How, how, how far they are along that journey, I don't yet know. But we're going to keep an eye on these things. Of course, if you're up there in Canada, feel free to uh, update us. Let's go to the phones. Your calls and thoughts here. We have, I uh, believe we have Dr. Butt on the line in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, you know it's not Dr. Butt. You changed that from the thing you won't let me say. All right. So, what, do you, anyway. what do you want to talk about? <clears throat> I'm talking about this gun, this gun thing in uh, Mexico. There's an allegation that uh, most people don't know about. Just to clarify, this is the story you guys, I think, covered Mm -hmm. last week, right? Where the governor has banned the possession of guns within the Albuquerque area. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? As a health emergency. (laughs) And I think it's not the possession of guns, but the open carry of guns. No, no, no. no. It was open or concealed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, how would they know? And and, and first of all, you're... the, the. Stop and frisk. Uh, Peakless stole part of what I was going to say. Not only do they want to use the food thing as a wedge for UBI, but they want to completely socialize uh, food like they've socialized medicine and, mm-hmm. and uh, control you not only through medicine but through food and everything else. That's what, are the, what they want to do. And rent $3,000 rent. it's different rent. this time. It's corporate socialism. Right. That's better. And rent, <laughs> if, you, if you had bought uh, uh, an acre or a couple acres of land somewhere where land doesn't cost anything, and uh, and paid it and paid it off in one payment, and then built with cash whatever you're going to live in. You wouldn't have any rent payment or mortgage or anything like that. New That's Mexico true. guns, yeah. So New Mexico guns. <clears throat> um, there's an interesting phenomenon, and uh, like this, uh, there was a couple characters in the national news, and I don't I don't listen to any news. I get all my news secondhand. So the only thing I hear is if I'm listening to your program and you're talking about something or whatever. I don't hear any of it uh, firsthand, so you can correct me. But uh, David Hogg and some other people were in the news about uh, this odd thing about how they're saying, um, yeah, they're right. The state shouldn't be able to do that to you about, you know, making an order so you can't have guns. That's a job for the feds. Only the feds should be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And in New Mexico, we got a guy, and and here's where I do double duty on my phone call. We got the the attorney general of the state of New Mexico, his job duty – uh, well, let me cut right to his letter he wrote. He he wrote a letter to um, the uh, Tiny Tyrant, the Minnie Mao, the, the Barking Chihuahua, uh, Michelle Loser Grisham, the governor of New Mexico. He wrote a letter to her, an official business letter, that, she, that he published on Twitter. And uh, it said, uh, paraphrasing in a nutshell, it said, uh, my job duty is to be your lawyer when you get sued. I'm not going to be your lawyer and defend you because what you're doing is blatantly unconstitutional, <clears throat> which is uh, aligned with this, uh, this David Hogg thing. So hmm. uh, two things, two things. No, number one, uh, the attorney general of the state of New Mexico <clears throat> is Raul Torres, which is the guy, if you remember, KUNM, where, where they, tried, they tried for three years to convict me on four counts of uh, Calling the radio them, station? Uh, <laughs> calling the radio station that's owned by the taxpayers. They, the exact same thing <laughs> as what you got except you're private and they're owned by the taxpayers and they would have guests on there uh, that are also paid for by the taxpayers, like senators and stuff. And then I would call in uh, David Olson. I would call in. And one day after calling there for years, they told me, don't ever call here again. We're not taking your calls anymore. And, and I asked why, 
and they gave a bunch of conflicting reasons, and the one they settled on was because, because you tell the call screener you're going to talk about one thing, and then you talk about something else. So never call here again. And, of course, that's like bait to me, so I immediately call them back <laughs> as much as I want to. And they, they, call their, they have their own private police force, you know, the, the University of New Mexico police they force. They do. Yeah. So, I mean, almost every college does. Yeah, they do, yeah. But, you know, the idea of going out into the community and serving somebody freaking papers for calling their radio station just sounds insane. Yeah, Yeah, especially when the name of the radio program, remember, is the KUNM Call-In Show. (laughs) Please call us with your questions and comments. And you won that case. And, hey, what's the point of giving the Department of Education a SWAT team if you're not going to use them from time to time? (laughs) What was about Torres, though? I think you got distracted from talking about him. So Torres, Torres at the time, was the Bernalillo County DA. He was the one prosecuting me on this for three years uh, until I finally defeated him. They didn't have – basically, I did nothing. I just stood on the facts, Mm -hmm. and I I let them offer me this plea, that plea, the other plea, the next (laughs) plea, another plea, and I just said – Mm, let me think about that. Uh, no. And then a couple weeks later, a month later, they'd come with something else. Uh, no. And it went on like that for years. So and who is he Raul now, Tor- Torres? He's the, the the AG of the state of New Mexico, the attorney general that I just said wrote that letter. He wrote wow. that letter to the governor saying that he his job is to defend her, but he's not going to defend her. But he's, but he's a Look, lady, I'm communist. corrupt, but even I have limits. <laughs> right. There's a, big, there's a bigger picture here, which is point number two, but let me finish point number one. Mm. So point number one is that Raul Torres, the guy that tried to put, put me in jail for, uh, for call, calling into the public radio station, uh, and, and, and their argument was that, that, I, that I lied to the call screener, and that's essentially what, we, what they wanted to put me in jail for. Mm-hmm. Is uh, anyway, and, and so he's the AG. He's that guy. He wow. also he wants to be governor, like everybody else in the state of New Mexico. So this is political for him. This, he's, right. he's using this as a campaign move. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and also let me remind you that Raul Torres is married to Nasha Torres, who is the dean of students at the University of New Mexico at the time that I got ridden up on charges uh-huh. and, 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 and they sleep together and, and she is in charge of all things legal on campus and he's in charge of all who's going to get prosecuted uh, in Bernalillo County. That's a conflict. Yeah, no interest. conflict there, right? Okay. Is that your point too? Right. One more, one more. We got point two A, B, and C. Last thing on point two. I'm sorry. Last thing on point one. Last thing on point one is that I I found out through my discovery that the KUNM they called Albuquerque police to deal with me, and Albuquerque police looked at the facts and said, uh, "Pound sand, get out of here." Wow. So they called their so they called their own private police force, KUNM police force, and and had them write me up on charges. Okay. So point two now. This larger picture, which uh, uh, this is the part that people may or may not have noticed. It's odd that David Hogg would agree or, yeah. or disagree with uh, with the the governor of New Mexico on the gun thing. It looked and like the Democrats point. like just didn't understand which side they should be on on this particular hmm. one. And what do they right. care here's, about the Constitution's protections well, of well, gun rights? That. Here's where here's where you may be getting played. Remember, I said. What Hogg said, and, and the thing with, the, with Raul Torres, the, the AG in New Mexico, it's odd that he wouldn't defend her on the gun thing because he's a communist like she is. Mm-hmm. But here's the deal. The, the, remember what David Hogg said, and I'm, I get this all secondhand, so you can correct me, but he said something to the effect of, um, um, yeah, the states shouldn't do that, 
to people the, regarding their constitutional rights. Only the Fed should be able to do that. Mm. They're trying to get rid of states' rights is what I they're see. trying to do. Uh, okay. Like, yeah. hey, well, I figures. am all for instituting a communist government, but not on the state level. That's way too free. They, they tried that in Massachusetts, and it didn't work. Thank you for the call tonight. Uh, appreciate it. Let's continue with Dana in Michigan. Listening to WTKG. Go ahead, Dana. This is like coming home. It's old times all over again. How long are you staying, Mark? Oh, uh, tomorrow. Oh, you got to do this more often. I'm serious. Well, he I does his own show. Me. I know you don't get it on uh, WTKG there, but Mark has right. been doing it's Fridays. It's not the same, Ian. You he, don't understand. I see what you're saying. But he has been on the air for the last two months on Friday nights, uh, holding down the fort on Fridays. And I've tried to do call-ins uh, with Ian, but I mean, there's some... You know, the connectivity issues, like Ian runs the show and then I'm just called in and stay as a sort of remote host. But it's it's difficult to make it work. It's it's not seamless. Right, right. And we talked about this before and you told me the same thing, but it just it. Um, I'm like glad said, you like it, like, Dana. I, it's like coming home. It's great. And to Ian, I have something personal to say, whether you want to wrap your head around this or and your heart or not. Prayers work. I prayed so hard on you. Thank you. And I'm not a holy roller, but hopefully this this time from now until I believe it's October 2nd, correct me if That's I'm right, wrong. Yeah. Thank you, Dana. I appreciate it. You are welcome. Hopefully that judge will have a change of heart um, because if that crackhead is running around uh, with guns and doing whatever he wants in the White House, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, I, this is, it's just so frustrating. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm at the end of my rope. But anyway, um, on a positive note, it's just so great to hear you guys back together again. Please come back more often, Mark. I will be back in uh, three short weeks or two short <laughs> weeks, probably. Okay, uh, good. To, uh, to see my friend um, and be on the show and all that stuff. Good. Because right, I need help. I need I need help wrangling uh, Ian. He gets out of control sometimes. Oh, I don't. You don't have to tell me, Dana. I I know all about it. <laughs> Dana, did you have anything Story else you wanted life. to say? Thank you for the nice, uh, the kind words. But was there any comments on uh, the news or any issues? No, um, I just I think I'm going to keep it positive because right. after the New Mexico New Mexico governor thing. Oh my gosh! There's still a hole. Well, in the I mean, I guess there was an injunction against that, so uh, that By is whom? quite positive. Yeah, I know. I know. I've been following it so closely. It was just, it a state um, injunction? It, state uh, Supreme Court. It up. Just curious as to who. Uh, well, Peekless, Peekless, did you hear the sheriff? He said, "I took an oh, oh such a great speech, and it was off the cuff." And he said, "I swore an oath." And um, and I'm going to abide by that oath, and that oath is to the Constitution, and most people aren't aware that states have Constitution as well as the federal mm. government, and I am not enforcing this. Well, so, I wish more sheriffs would do that on everything else that violates the Constitution, I agree. But, but I am happy I to agree. hear it whenever it is that they say it. Thank you, Dana, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dana. Uh, the number again, 603-283-6160. Let's continue. Law Dog is in Michigan as well. Go ahead, Law Dog. Hey, how you doing? What's on your mind? Oh, uh, what's on my mind is this um, 
Oh, there's a lot of people that are just living off their credit cards uh, mm. with just mm. enormous record credit card debt, as I yeah. understand it. Mm-hmm. And are you are you going to allow me to give them hope or not? What do you mean? Uh, well, see, um, credit card debt is uh, interstate commerce, which is under the federal jurisdiction. These state judges, be it in Michigan or whatever fifty states, that. Uh, you know, it's out of their jurisdiction. So what you do is you go with a uh, motion of summary disposition of improper jurisdiction. And uh, because uh, the federal uh, jurisdiction has the FAA, which is the... Um, okay, you're losing uh, me already uh, here. What are, you, what are, you, are you saying you have some sort of procedure to get rid of credit card debt that has to do with filing court paperwork? Uh yeah, you'd have to file a motion to summary disposition. Oh, so like if they stopped uh, paying their credit card and then the credit card company comes after them, then they would uh, file this in court? Yeah, yeah. Then what you do is they're junk debt buyers, and what they do is they uh, uh, they, they buy this at uh, 3 to $0.05 cents on the dollar, and uh, so they, they can't afford to do, do much of anything on it. So what, what you do is... Uh, uh, with, with your motion of summary disposition, you, you kind of give a diversionary tactic and you put in the correct contract because these junk debt buyers, the affiant, uh, who's probably a drug addict that worked at McDonald's and was probably, uh, you know, doing lines of coke while they're uh, uh, doing their business at uh, the debt collection uh, office, mm-hmm. uh, they're trash. And, and you can get them uh, that way. Be, because uh, there isn't a better system. Contract. Isn't there a, just a better system of don't buy crap you don't need? Absolutely. Pay for what you buy. No, 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 no. And don't people, go into these credit, credit card are debt. Living off of their credit cards now. Yes, some are certainly legitimately living off their credit cards, and there's no doubt. It's like arguing about the legitimate poor versus the illegitimate poor, the uh, deserving poor versus the undeserving poor. I don't know what the percentages are, but my advice to everybody is don't get yourself into credit card debt. I think that's great advice, and we don't do financial advice here on Free Talk Live, so that's just Mark's I'll do personal, financial advice. <laughs> that's Mark's personal experience and what he would uh, suggest. Why don't, but, why, don't you, why don't you just give these people hope and have them, because if they well, get Well, I'm not going to get on the air like and promote these, uh, questionable uh, approaches. Like these, uh, I'm not a lawyer, this is a law doc. So, works. It's well, the proof is in the pudding. You've done it? Huh? You've done it? Well, I... Can you can you point well, out uh, can you point out a case where it's worked? It, it, it's can you say like uh, state of blah versus whoever, and say okay, here's an example of exactly how it's been done. Well, you, you know, well, it, 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 it starts with alleged. You know, who's the burden of proof on? The burden of proof is on the guy who's coming to get the let money. Let me see from if I'm you. following what you're yeah, saying. In a civil case, yeah. So he has no uh, no evidence. He's not giving any. But let me see if I'm following what you're saying. You're saying when you go when you're in this debt, they sell your debt off to a collector at pennies on the dollar, and then it's the debt collector that takes you to court, and then you file some. You're filing some kind of motion for what was it? Summary what? A summary uh, disposition. And what does that what does that mean? That 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 means that uh, you're, you're asking the uh, you're asking the judge to drop the case. And uh, you uh, uh, you take his jurisdiction away from him, and it and it makes him. But angry. you've never actually done it. 
Yes, yes. I've taken the jurisdiction done. away from uh, a state judge before. Uh, because uh, I can. It's it's allowed by law. Because most of the time when I see people challenging act, jurisdiction, uh, I see the judge ignoring what they say and just bo- barreling no, 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 forward. No, he can't ignore. He can't ignore 2011 AT&T and Concepcion with uh, uh, it's a 5-4. The dissenting opinion was uh, Judge Thomas. Clarence Thomas says this is a state issue. And that was a dissenting opinion. Okay, well, you've lost me at this point, Law Dog. So Where could someone ago. go to learn more about this technique that you're advocating? Well, it used to be called debtor boards, and they blew it up because they have lawyers come in there and start um, casing these people. I mean, <laughs> these people are some of the best legal law minds. That I ever seen. Right, I'm just and asking you, you where, is, if somebody wanted to learn more about this thing you're talking about, this uh, summary thing. Uh, Scotty, go where, to the library. No, go that doesn't library. work. I that doesn't work. That's where the hobos that smell like pee. Hey, hang on, just in the interest of uh, studying, what was that? Uh, 2004 uh, AT and T versus who? No, it's 2011 AT and T versus Concepcion. Concepcion. Concepcion, yeah. Well, there's okay. no website out there that you can point people to. There's no easy. No, no, no. That's all you need to do is just Google that. You take that's that it, to huh? the judge. You you stick it up his rectum and you pull it out his mouth <laughs> and he'll say he's sorry. Okay. Well, I would love to see the proof of this, and that's the problem. Is he's saying he's done this? And there's so many different. And thank you for the call tonight. There's so many different theories, court theories out there. And some of them sound really good, right? They are, their advocates seem to know what they're talking about. They seem to be very educated. They can spout off about court cases and citations and this and that. But then when it comes down to you actually trying to apply it in real life, it doesn't work. Because a lot of this stuff, maybe it did work for this one guy, this one time in this one court in Michigan. But if you can't duplicate it, And you can't point to that being duplicated. You can't say, look, I did it. Here's my court case. Here's what I filed. Here's what they said in response and actually have it documented without having to have somebody go to, you know, BF Michigan and go to the court and try to pull the file up or whatever and do independent research on it. And then you can't point to another at least two or three other people who've duplicated the exact same thing. You still just have a theory. You got to have some kind of proof of this stuff. So I'm I'm with you on that. On the other hand, I do like the idea of, look, if you're in court, it is almost always just a matter of pushing things onward. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can get that that next continuance, if you can get that next appeal in order to not get slammed with XYZ, that often is the difference between whether or not you can get your argument together in order to really fight the thing. So if this is just one extra tactic that you can at least try in case the uh, credit card companies are already coming against you... I'm all for airing it. Oh, and to answer the question about uh, uh, New Mexico, it was a, uh, a district court judge, so a federal judge. Federal there. district yep. court overturned or stayed or whatever. Did a uh, preliminary injunction. Against her order. Right. Okay, yeah. got it. Uh, let's continue here. And look, I, I want some of this stuff to work, mind you, okay? Uh, Jay Noon is our Thursday night co-host. He's deep into well, one of these theories right now. I don't know how much I want to incentivize people buying whatever they want to buy being irresponsible with their money and then not having to pay their debts i don't i don't want that either and i agree with you mark that that is you know just don't buy too much crap be fiscally responsible and don't get into debt if you can avoid it i'm not talking about the 
debt tactics or whatever. I'm just talking about these courtroom theories about how to get the state or the system off of your back, whether it be regarding debt or criminal or whatever. You know, the, the, some of them are very, well, very attractive. They sound very good. But whenever you look some of these gurus up, you find out they've gone to prison. Some of these people, there was somebody who was citing to me at my uh, hearing the other day, oh, you got to try this thing, and you know, well, he cites going this thing. to prison isn't in and of itself the problem. I mean, you're, you're going to be carrying that around here shortly, quite possibly, too, and I already am. Right. No, I, I get what you're saying, but if somebody is advocating a certain court theory, yep. and that very same person has then been put to prison after they've been advocating, advocating that weird court theories. theory, I don't know if that gives them much credence as far as their theories working. Mm. So I really want to see kind of like some proof. A fat dietitian suggesting yeah. that you uh, use his diet book. Yeah, right. Yeah, I want to see some hard proof of these things. And they just almost every time you ask one of these gurus, "Have you actually done it?" or one of the people who's promoting the guru, because that's usually what it is. It's usually some fan who's who's you know bought into the guru who says, "Oh, so and so guru says you should just file this or file that." And I always say, "Have you done it?" No, I haven't done it yet, but blah, 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 and then they just keep now, going off. Now, to address your moral concern, I'm completely on the other side of that. Okay. If it comes down to a question between Visa or MasterCard and a human being, I'm on the side of the human being. Visa and MasterCard are extensions of the United States federal government, and they have no right to anything. So mm. I'm all for taking well, their money and spending it, especially on something that helps human beings, if you can. I think that, um, you know, look... Look, most people who are going out and spending money, you know, these on credit cards, they're not spending on anything that's really going to make their lives better. Like they're, you know, when they when they if they do get all this debt discharged, they still have their problem. And mm. their central problem is, is they buy a bunch of crap to fill the hole in their soul mm-hmm. and consumerism. Yeah. And and it doesn't work. And, you know, they're, they're right back. You know, give them bankruptcy. They'll be right back where they were in five years. If not sooner, probably true. Let's go to Tim. He's well, in Florida. Well, I just want to say uh, right quick on that one, though. Uh, you know the old uh, "give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day," uh, mm-hmm. teach man to fish. But if you teach man to fish while he is literally starving to death, he's not gonna. It's not gonna benefit him. I got you, Tim. You're on. Go ahead. Yeah. So the last caller, uh, I think what he's talking about is basically defrauding the credit card company um, through legal methods. Uh, for example, if you dispute a debt. The collector only has so many days to respond to your dispute, and uh, if if they don't respond, you're basically off the hook. So it, it kind of sounds like he's suggesting, like exploiting this sort of tactic to rip off the creditor. Maybe I, I think it sounded like to me he was talking about courtroom tactics once it's already gone to uh, to a trial. I mean, there's one thing to using the system in a legal way to fight people within the system. And I'm not saying I know what he was talking about. I don't know. It wasn't really clear to me. But we're out of time here tonight. If you wanted to continue that discussion, hang on, because in about 30 minutes, Beard Talk Live is coming up on our video stream at video, or excuse me, watch.freetalklive.com. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark Ward. Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. 
Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupine Real Estate.com